Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose. I'm going to try to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their community. I'm going to do that by having conversations. I'm going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after it, and go and fulfill that purpose? Our guest today is my good buddy, Sam Pearson. Sam is a husband. Sam is a soon-to-be father. Sam is a friend. Most of all, Sam is a great man. Sam, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. How are you, buddy? Oh, I'm doing really well, man. I went out, saw a couple of doe, got rained on all damn day. So, <laughs> um, no, it was it was, uh, it was was really good. I'm doing well. So, good. Sam, let's uh, jump right into it. What is your purpose? You know, first and foremost, um, I'd say to be a good husband. Okay. Like you said, found out a few weeks ago to be a good father. Yes, sir. Um, here in a few months. I'm excited about that. And then... Um, we got one we need to work out, don't we? Yeah. We, yeah. we kind of talked about it. I like to talk with our guests <laughs> before to figure out kind of what their purpose is. And um, you said that you were kind of wanting to help people kind of connect more with their human nature and then maybe kind of like the world around them. Right, right. Because people today, we're so disconnected from right. the real world. And yeah. we're caught up in all this fake stuff that we've created and we just, everybody's just kind of lost sight of what's real and what's not. Yeah, I I kind of I appreciate that. You know what I mean? Like, people get kind of dis- disconnected from human nature. We get into this, and I know this isn't supposed to be a political thing, but just one example is that people tend to think that the government can solve everything, right? When it right. completely ignores human nature, you know. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And and another thing that we had kind of mentioned is not only helping people connect with their human nature, but with nature in general. You know, like exactly. getting outside, um, because that is really where you find your human nature. Oh, for sure. When you're two miles into a hike, um, which two miles isn't much, but I was right. a fat fuck when we started hiking. Right. So right. Um, when you're two miles into a hike and your legs are burning and um, you really kind of find out what you're made of. And so oh, I for think sure. finding your human nature and your and getting connected with nature, those two go hand in hand. Oh, so. yeah. Um, I think we're, we'll work that out a little bit more as right. far as what we're going to actually call that purpose, right? Um, and and how we're going to do that and help you help you do that. But I would say that you already do it really well, and I speak from personal experience because I wouldn't be out hunting deer um, <laughs> this morning without you, honestly, because right. um, hiking was pretty kind of scary for me with my knees, and right. Right. we had to take it really slow. You remember, I I would oh, yeah. barely get off the trail. Oh yeah, for sure. And now we're we're going now the four by four sticks helped a lot oh, when yeah. <laughs> when I got the trekking poles oh, yeah. that helped a lot but yeah. um, you took me out there and uh, you know you spent a lot of your own gas money now you like to go adventure let's oh, let's sure. be honest you oh, weren't absolutely <laughs> you weren't doing it just out of the kindness of your heart yeah. but uh, you really helped me a lot and get out there and so I think you're already doing this really really well and uh, I think we can further refine that uh, later on in the podcast so um, those are good man yeah husband and father that's exciting and then yeah. um, kind of help people. Get Get, get back to their human nature and natural and ge- nature in general. Um, you you do all of those really well. So um, let's not forget the rapid fire questions. Right. Um, the people demand them. The people want the rapid oh, fire yeah. questions, all right. Sam. All right. So we've got to do them. Um, what is your favorite hobby? Probably hiking, man. I mean, I get up, you know, with my job, I have to be at work at 6 a.m. every day. Right. I work 10 hour days. So I get up at six. So I get up at four thirty every day all week, and then Saturday I'm usually up around five or six to go hike. You know, I'll go yes, do sir. a ten mile hike for fun on Saturday. Yes, I sir. Mean, yeah, 
Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I knew that, yeah. um, but the people didn't know that. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah. just hike, just getting outside. Yes, sir. Um, so, what is your favorite video game? Oh, that's rough. I feel like it changes all the time. Um, Series-wise, the Assassin's Creed used to be really great. Right now, though, I'm stuck in a uh, Arc Kick. I'm yeah, playing Arc, Arc Survival Evolved right now. Right. Um, so that's probably what it is right now. Yeah, there will be a few people that know what that is. Yeah, not very many. <laughs> like two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. um, Arc is Arc is actually pretty cool. I know that I haven't gotten to play it with you much. That's right. just because I I haven't touched my who, fucking Xbox in a while. Time. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but no, Arc is pretty cool. I was expecting you to say uh, Skyrim with all the mods that you've done. Skyrim was really fun. Yeah. Um, I was expecting you to say Skyrim, but what is your favorite book and why? You knew this was coming. I, I knew this question was coming. I didn't prepare for it. The book I've probably reread the most over the years was uh, Dakota Myers Into the Fire. Really? Um, I don't like his politics now, but just that story. I don't know if you've read it or heard about it, but just uh-uh, what he went through is insane. Really? Yeah. That that I did not expect I've, that. I've probably at read all. that book probably six or seven times over the years. That's um, really cool. More recently, probably the Twelve Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. Okay, did you read that? Oh yeah, I didn't know. I didn't even know you read that. Oh yeah, so that's that really was, cool. That was one of the first like self help books that I had read. Was yeah, the Twelve Rules. Did you like it? Oh yeah, tons cool. of good stuff. In there. So we're gonna go Into the Fire by Dakota Meyer, right? Yeah. And then uh, Twelve Rules. I plug that one all the time. So oh, yeah. I'm glad you brought something a little bit different too. Uh, Meyer got that written down. So into the fire by Dakota Meyer, um, his politics are shit, but he wrote a good book. So, um, so that's, that's kind of the way she goes. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite day of the week? Sunday, Sunday. You like Sundays? Why is that Sunday for me? is just a big reset. You know, I'm not a super religious person. Um, like I said, I get up at four 30 most mornings, Saturdays I get up early and hike Sundays is my day that I like sleep in yeah um so I sleep in I kind of get up after I'm finally rested um we kind of lounge about the house I have my coffee and chill you know with my wife and the dogs usually on Sundays we kind of have a ritual now we go to Waffle House oh really Sundays um so we'll do that and then now I'm in that uh, trap tournament so you know I get Waffle House go shoot shotgun a little bit it's just a good reset for the week that's solid yeah the church of waffle house i yeah. like that oh yeah no that, that that is good to kind of have a ritual you know dlan works on sunday mornings because she right. works with the kids and stuff right and so i've gotten into sometimes i'll try to go out like this today i'll be going out and hunting right but when she's not there you know i'll get up i'll typically i mow the lawn on sundays and, yeah and just do the kind of the regular man thing yeah. and now that football's on i like to watch football and right. stuff like that right. so um I don't know if Sundays are my favorite or not. I, thank God nobody's asked me this question because I don't know how the fuck I would answer it. <laughs> yeah, it's um, tough. It, it, it's a tough question. That was to one answer. I had prepared for, so I knew that, that one. Yeah, you, you got that one off pretty quick. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite meal? Favorite meal. And a better damn well be one I've cooked you. So. Oh yeah. Well, the poppers for sure. I mean, the poppers, that's, yeah. That's, Dude, that's hey, the main reason we come over. Man. That's the that's the famous <laughs> the most famous thing I cook is the jalapeno poppers. Yeah, you've got them down, man. Ah, favorite meal. On a blank. Yeah, it, uh, it's clipping out right now. So <laughs> you don't know what your favorite meal is. I don't know. Waffle House. Hey, I mean, Waffle House is anything but consistent. Yeah, you know what you're getting every time you go. Yep, it's the exact same. Okay, so you want to throw Waffle House in there? Sure, man. I love okay. Waffle House. Cool. We'll that. Your favorite meal is Waffle House. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so let's get back to your uh, your purpose a little bit, and All let's right. kind of uh, refine that before we ask some of these other questions. Okay. Um, 
when you sat down, we, we kind of worked it out a little bit before the podcast just because, you know, I wanted to have a, you right. know, you and I be on the same page of what right. your purpose really is. And I think we kind of found that that niche of you helping people connect not only to their human nature, but to to the world around them. For and sure. I, I'll say I'll take a little bit of liberty and say this, that you've softened up on the helping people connect to their human nature because what yeah. that can be perceived as is I'm going to let people connect to reality. Like I'm going to make right. people connect to reality. Right. And I've seen you over the years kind of soften up on, on that and not be quite as blunt as have I, you know what I mean? We right. both used to be right. super mega blunt. Right. Um, and now I think you're focused a little bit more on like helping people realize, you know, where they really came from and, and right. what, you know, what people's true tendencies are and, and how the world really works behind the scenes. Is that right. fair? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, I, I think that makes a lot of sense for you. Yeah. Um, how did you kind of walk into that? What, 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 what made you kind of find that? You know, I, growing up, I was always really curious. I always read a lot. So yeah. anytime I had a question, I always just looked stuff up and I would just kind of go right. off on a tangent and I would do this research. And then um, growing up, you know, with the family having the business, it's kind of, um, it's almost farming, not quite, but you know, running the nursery and everything. Yeah. And you have a tree nurse, your, your parents have a tree nursery, correct? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, so growing up doing that, you know, doing that manual labor and seeing where things come from. And then, so having that kind of mindset and then seeing the world around me and wondering where everything else comes from. Right. Um, and then, you know, growing up and just running into people that really don't know the work that goes into everything or where things come from yes, sir. or how much it takes to get everything that we have, like just to be able to have running water in your house or power. I mean, just the yeah. the people and the work and the logistics that go behind everything that we take for granted that we don't even think about. Yeah. People don't know. And, you know, it's kind of funny that you say that um, because you said kind of like being a farmer and a lot of people think that like these Bible Belt Christians, they go to church every day. They think that they're sheltered and that they don't know anything about true reality and about true human nature. And some of that is true to a little bit to where they don't know a lot about violence. Right. But I would say that they're a lot more in tune with actual reality oh, than sure. most city people. You oh, know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. Um, I read a statistic. I can't remember what the statistic was. I think it's in... Uh, in uh, uh, what's the book that the you comfort crisis? Yeah. comfort yeah. crisis where he talks about how like 83% of people that are okay with hunting or whatever, um, grew up rurally and, you know, yeah. understanding like, you know, this cows live and they die and then we eat them. Yeah. Um, Whereas like 90% of people that don't like hunting live in, in, in the cities yeah, where highly. they're so disconnected from it. They don't right. see those processes that go on. Yeah. And so like, I, I do think that is a, a good point of, of seeing how, when you want to understand how things really work, it kind of opens your mind up. For and sure. especially when it comes to, I would put y'all in a, in a section of agriculture. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that is, is it horticulture or agriculture? It's both. one of the two. I'm yeah. Kinda, both. You know, honestly, the nursery is like the worst combination of farming and retail. Yeah. Um, cause you really get the worst of both worlds. Yeah. Farming and retail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was about to say it's, it's not exactly horticulture cause you grow the shit in rows outside. Yeah. Um, but it's not exactly farming cause you don't even, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not really farming. Um, yeah. But no, uh, yeah, just seeing where that stuff comes from. I, I, I understand how that, I understand how you feel like that. Right. Um, and I grew up in a rural town, you know, we had, we had horses and stuff like that. Right. And so, um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and like I said, you, 
Amarillo is such kind of a weird place to where, it really is. you know, it's a little big town. Yeah, it is. It is a little big town because you're so close to agriculture. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're so close to agriculture and maybe maybe Lubbock's kind of like this and, and some other areas. But, right. you know, Amarillo, you can literally run into, you know, people that have almost never left the city yeah. and be friends with them in high school. And, you know, you're on a farm or whatever. Like, right. it's just kind of weird because those two, the urban and the rural clash so hard they do and it's to the point to where like even all the urban people are so much more rural than even you know what you want might be in dallas oh you know? for sure absolutely and so like I, I can definitely see how you walked into that with maybe some of like your friend group and stuff like right. that you okay. having a nursery because it's not really farming no you're not really going to be friends with the farmers no but you're more connected with nature than any of your other friends absolutely and so that that makes a lot of sense yeah so um, what do you like about helping get people out in nature? Kind of like, kind of like what you've been doing with me. Um, you know, going with me on these hikes and stuff like that. And you know, it, it really is. I, I don't like hiking without somebody and I've been doing it, you know, recently right. because we have busy schedules. Right. Um, finally I got confident enough to where I could go out there and, and go on a one mile, two mile hike, you know, right. off trail without right. you or somebody else. But what do you, what do you get out of that? And what do you like about helping somebody do that? Kind of like what you've done with me. You know, it's just watching the perspective, the perspective flip, um, right. and watching people kind of disconnect. Cause you know, the places we go, there's no cell service. Yeah. You don't have any distractions. Um, and when you get out there and at first, you know, people don't like it cause it's scary and you feel small when you get out there in the canyon, yeah. you're all alone and there's nobody for hours. Right. It's scary. But then to see people overcome that and you see the curiosity kick back in. Yeah. And you know, when people start to enjoy being outdoors, I mean, they almost become childlike again they're like they want to run around and play they want to see what's over this hill you know it's yeah. just watching that transformation take place from people being like oh this this sucks i want to go back home to hey what's over there you know i wonder what this is and just watching people explore right um and just just that change in mindset that's really cool it's it's almost like uh you know i think some of the best selfless endeavors are done for selfish reasons because you get the you get the enjoyment of watching that. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Like oh, if yeah. you hated doing it, you wouldn't do it. Yeah. And so, you know, it's the same thing with like giving to charity. You you do it because you love seeing how much the money helps. Right. You know? And right. so I can really tell that from you. And the thing is you love it more than anybody else. Like oh, for sure. Not only do you love introducing somebody to to oh, yeah. nature, oh, yeah. but um, I think one of your one of your favorite times of when we go out and hike together is when I say, Okay, I need to glass this for deer. Um, I don't give a fuck what you do, but like I'm gonna glass this and right. you'll go off and do your own thing oh, yeah. without the restrictions of having me behind. You know? That, that's a thing. Um, that's something and that's kind of what put me down this path is I'm you've seen me, man. I'm a mountain goat. I yeah. can climb anything. I like to climb. Yeah. I'll just go off. No trails. I'll just take off out of curiosity. I wonder what's over here. Right. Or I wonder what I can see if I get all the way up there. How far can I see? Um, and I know a lot of people can't do that. Yeah. And they can't go the places that I go. And at first it was really frustrating because I would find these amazing things and I would want to take people to see them and they can't physically get there. Right. Um, you know, I've gone off in these canyons and I've found springs and waterfalls and these crazy rock formations and people can't physically get there. Yeah. Um, and at first it was frustrating and then that kind of turned into, well, maybe if you helped people get there, yeah, um, then they can experience that same feeling, you know, of discovery right, and finding stuff. And that's, that's also rare today. You know, the world's been discovered. There's, you know, somebody's been everywhere. Right. Um, so trying to find those little pieces that aren't 
on an Instagram, you know, somebody's page somewhere with a geotag. Yeah. Just trying to find genuine places in nature. Right. Um, and it's just more about getting there. Right. Than it is about the thing. Yeah. Well, and even being new to us or like maybe even utilized in a different way. Remember when we came up on, we, we call it what a meat Canyon or suicide Canyon. Yeah. Cause, uh, we got it's something you need to know about me and Sam. We have kind of a darker sense of humor and it plays off of one another. So we found this, uh, it's, it's on the lower part of Paladero Canyon in between, uh, what is it like Claude and happy? Yeah. It's yeah. like the road that connects Claude and Happy at 207. Yeah. And uh, it's like a perfect place to like jump into the road if you're like not happy about your life. <laughs> and so we call it Suicide Canyon. Um, it doesn't help that there's like six crosses out there. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There there are like six crosses at the top of the canyon. So you're like, did they die in a car wreck or did they just yeet off the side? Anyway, uh, we're, we're diverging here. Um, but no, we found that and we instantly said, let's do a picnic. You know what I mean? Like, because... <laughs> <laughs> this is so much is darker than what we thought, <laughs> what I thought it was going to be. We were, we were like, the scenery is great. It's Suicide Canyon. Let's have a picnic. That's not why we decided to have a picnic. But looking back at it, 2020, that is, that is kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> but we decided we were like, it's this rest stop out there. And it was something that uh, my grandpa had actually taken me to recently. And that's how I kind of knew about it. But we were like, hey, man, let's take the wives back out here for a picnic. Yeah. Because, you know, most people don't picnic out here. No. Like, it, it's out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Oh, yeah. And, you know, why would they... In what? It was like August in Texas. I mean... Yeah, it was it was pretty hot. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was kind of crazy. But we were like, let's let's go picnic. I and mean, it had some really good views. Right. And you had some stuff that you, like, wanted to go see. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, like you said, not even finding something that, that may be new to anybody. I mean, right. we were watching bull haulers, you oh, know, go yeah. through there the whole day. Um, but finding stuff that's new to us and using it in a different way. Yeah. You know, like remember when we ran that creek bottom at Plum oh, Creek, yeah. you know, yeah. that was, that was pretty fun. So I, I really like that. And I, I think you found a good, a good direction to go with that and something that you do really, really well. Thank you. Um, so what, uh, do you do you like getting uncomfortable? We talked about the book The Comfort Crisis by uh, I can't remember. I can't. Uh, is it like Michael Easter? Yes. Is that who it is? I think so. Yeah. Um, I looked at it earlier. I think it's it's something Easter. Yeah. But the book called The Comfort Crisis, and this book is about getting out of your comfort zone yeah. and and becoming uncomfortable. Yeah. So is that something that you believe in now that you read that book? Did you believe oh, in it sure. beforehand? You know, it actually came from. Uh, there's another podcast that kind of started me down this path a couple years ago is the Norse mentality and Andy talks about it a lot is to seek discomfort um, in any aspect of your life but as that's how you grow is by seeking discomfort and even if you don't grow you gain an appreciation for the comforts that you have yes sir you know like if you go out and you have a miserable camping trip when you come back you're thankful for that hot shower yeah you know something that you don't even think about that you do every day but after that miserable camping trip that hot shower is the best thing that's ever happened to you yeah so when you seek discomfort it allows you to find gratitude in the little things yes sir um so yeah that's you know sometimes you know i like to hike but uh me and my buddy trey we've gone on some 10 mile hikes that were awful i yes, mean sir. It, it sucked the whole way but that's almost what made it enjoyable. Yes, sir. You know? um, yeah, I was going to say, I don't know that I've seen you uncomfortable just because I can't really, 
I can't exactly get into the places that make you uncomfortable, right? Just because of my knees and, and yeah. weight and stuff like that. And so I, I have a question here: How often do you try to go and get uncomfortable with something? And let me put it this way: I don't know that I've seen you physically uncomfortable. I've yeah. seen you socially uncomfortable. Oh yeah, every day. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I was gonna say it, but <laughs> I've seen you socially uncomfortable, oh, yeah. and and in those situ- like conversationally uncomfortable, right? Um, and you do kind of try to seek it out. Um, you definitely don't say no to it. No. But how often do you try to get uncomfortable throughout your day? I mean, maybe not daily, but at least weekly. At least once a week. Or several times weekly. Yeah. Um, I get, I get uncomfortable, or I try to make myself uncomfortable, whether it's like talking to new guys at work that I don't know. Right. Or, um, you know, engaging in maybe difficult conversations with people. Yeah. Um, that I usually just tend to avoid. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's either that or talking to new guys or um, I'll even sometimes challenge my things with stuff at work that's not necessary. Yeah. Um, without going into too much detail, there's I work on trains and there's these things called brake beams and I don't know an exact weight, but they're pretty heavy. The other day I was like, I wonder if I can carry like one in each hand and carry these out of the shop to the scrap bin. Like instead of getting the forklift, I'm like, I just want to see if I can carry them out. Right. You know, it's just finding ways to challenge yourself. Um as often as you can, really. I mean, yeah, I, I, I do think it's important to do that daily and maybe like even with your workouts, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, don't go in and just do the same old bullshit every single day because yeah. I've done it. You've done it. Everybody's oh, yeah. done it. Yeah. Try to make yourself uncomfortable in some aspect every single day. Right. With your workout. So for me, I, I started um, I was starting to kind of use my walks as a crutch um, at yeah. lunch. So for everybody to know, I, I go and I take a walk every day at lunch um, out in our yard. We have a, not like a play yard, like a construction yard, you know, <laughs> with vehicles and, and right. materials and shit. And so I walk out there and, and I tr- I try to do a 45 minute walk every single day. Um, it clears my head. It helps with work. It was a 75 hard requirement. And finally, in, in like, towards the end of phase two, I started, I was like, man, I'm just, this is too comfortable for me. I don't want to give up the 45 minutes of time in the middle of work. Right. And it's not like I can go lift fucking weights in the no, middle yeah. of work. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so I just started thinking of ways to like get uncomfortable. And yeah. so I started loading my hunting pack down. Yeah. And it, it was just rucking. It was kind of funny because like we, we don't have any like restrictions in my office, but like at Pantex, you can't have any like ammunition and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, the only heavy shit <laughs> I have around the house that I can distribute in a pack is five, five, six oh, ammo. And you're so walking around the yard with like a 500 rounds. Yes, five, literally. Five, I had hundreds of rounds of green tip <laughs> in my bag and I'll have it again this week. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it, it weighs me down yeah. and it makes my walks 10 times, not 10 times, maybe two or three times more difficult to where I'm uncomfortable walking yeah. now. Yeah. Um, or like if it's raining, I make sure to go walk yeah. uh, because I'm going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. If it's cold, I make sure to go on, go yeah. walk. It, it And kind of like you said with the brake beams, finding ways to be... To challenge yourself. Yeah, to challenge yourself. Yeah. You know, used to if... Uh, if you know they were out there stacking material or something, right. I would I would kind of steer clear. Like I don't want no fucking part of that. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm out here to walk. Yeah. I'm not out here to do manual labor. Right. And now I'll intentionally go up there and be like, Hey man, you don't need any help. Right. And I'm the office guy, so typically they tell me to fuck off. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. no, we don't need anything from you because they think I can't do anything. Right. When in reality, you know, I get out work half their asses. Right. You know, especially with what I've been doing right. in the gym lately. But, um. Yeah, I think it's important. Why is it important to get uncomfortable? I know we kind of covered it a little bit, but why is it so important to get out of your comfort zone and 
give me the why and what benefits you've seen in yourself. You know, I feel like getting out, doing what makes you uncomfortable is kind of the only way to grow. Um, kind of like you said, in the gym, um, if you're doing the same thing over and over for weeks or months, you hit a plateau. And the only way you're going to overcome that is either by going at it harder or adding new lifts or changing the lifts. Yeah. Um, but just getting out of that comfort zone. And then it also, you know, like with the little challenges, like we were talking about, just little daily things, um, it gets rid of the excuses. Yes, sir. You know, like you said, if it's raining, you're going to go. You're not going to let the yep. rain be an excuse because like yep. you, I'm going to steal your punchline here, but the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Yeah. How you do one thing is how you do everything. Yep. So if you quit because it's raining, well, then the next day you might quit. You might not go because it's windy. Mm-hmm. And then, well, it's kind of too hot today and it just kind of snowballs. And yep. you, so if you've already, you know, the next time you don't want to go, you're like, well, I don't want to go. And you're like, well, it's not as bad as that time it was raining. Exactly. You know, at least it's not snowing today. Like there's no excuse. It gets, it, it just eliminates the possibility for excuses. The more you make yourself uncomfortable, you get rid of excuses. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I completely agree with that. Getting rid of excuses by, by getting uncomfortable. Cause, and I do this all the time of like, man, if I can do, I'll think of some, some way I was more uncomfortable, you know, two weeks ago. And I'm like, dude, if I can do that, I can do this. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. like today I went hunting and it was just, is that god awful rain the first really you know kind of chilly day of yeah. the of the season right. you know what i mean yeah and it was just that god awful drizzle rain that is constant it's not like it'll downpour and then stop and then right. downpours it's just constant drizzle yeah. rain could my fucking binoculars i messed with them all day today and you know I had a, I had half of mine not even go today because I knew it was going to be rainy. I knew it was yeah. going to be cold, yeah. and I knew it was going to be slick. And you know me, I can hardly hike right. when it's dry, and I right. get good footings. Right. I couldn't hardly do anything because it was so slick. Right. Um, I was like, I'm not going to waste the gas. Tried to justify it with the oh, gas, yeah. Oh, yeah. and I'm like, dude, you spent gas for much less. You know what I mean? Yeah. You spent gas to go out there and not see any deer, or any sign. Yeah. Um, you know where there's some deer, and so I finally talked myself into it, and actually. I, I I called you right after I did this. I spotted deer about a mile, not not really a mile, maybe about half a mile. I don't know how far that that distance is across that canyon, but yeah. maybe at least half a mile, if not three quarters of a mile. Right. I spotted deer three quarters of a mile away. I drove around on the other side of that canyon and I found them. And you know, stupid hunter mistake, I bumped them, right. um, which means that you move deer out of their area. You know, yeah. you scare them off. Yeah. Um, but if I hadn't have made the decision to go be uncomfortable, yeah. none of that would have ever happened. And yeah. you and I are going to go tomorrow, yeah. and we're going to actually have a place to sit where we have a good chance to yeah. get on some deer. Right. If I hadn't have made myself uncomfortable, we wouldn't have had any no, of that. We'd still be blind. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Um, and you know, now in the future too, later on in the season, you're going to be like, well, at least it's not raining today. Yeah. Yeah. You at know? least it's not raining today. Yeah. And well, and there's going to be a day where we're going to get some some. A lot of snow, yeah. you know, because mule deer season ends November nineteenth. There are white deer, white tail deer out at Lake Meredith, oh, yeah. so I hope you're ready for some February fucking hunts That's because, good, you know, it's going to be cold. It's going to be miserable, and then the next day when it's only twenty degrees, it's like, well, dude, we came out here when it was ten yeah. degrees. Yeah, you know, it, it completely eliminates excuses if you're honest with yourself. That yeah, you have to have true self talk. That's yeah. the you have to know yourself and be honest with yourself. That's the main. Yeah. And you know, I think something that you're, you, you and I share is that we hate a hypocrite. Yeah. We hate a hypocrite. Absolutely. And we hate it even more so when it's ourselves. 
Oh, for sure. I, at least I do. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if I if I give myself an excuse of something that I've already overcome before, yeah. I feel like I'm a hypocrite. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I've already come out here in the rain. Yeah. You know what I mean? Are you, you know, that's so hypocritical of me to say that I can't do it this time. Yeah. You know, and so I think you and I share that. Oh, Would you sure. agree? Oh, yeah. Um, so. Um. I've even felt that on like some hikes that I just do routinely, right. you know, sometimes you have an off day and you make yourself go anyways. I'm like, man, yeah. this is hard. I'm going to turn back. I'm like, I've done it before. Rock garden. Yeah. 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 The rock garden actually out of, out of Paladero. There's this, there's this hike that I've yet to do out at Paladero called the rock garden. It's, it's pretty hard from what I hear. Like a lot of people say it's pretty difficult and it's a lot of elevation and, and uneven surfaces. So I just haven't done it yet. Um, cause I kind of need to stay in good condition to go spit, you know, get a deer cause I spent thousands of dollars trying to do it. But um, Sam loves it. I oh, mean, yeah. It's a great it. trail to view. I mean, it doesn't even seem like you're in the same canyon. It's crazy mm-hmm. geologically and everything. But, yeah, I mean, I did it the first couple of times, and it was great. And then I went one time. I uh, might have gone with my wife, and I was like, this is a little harder than I remember. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to turn back this time. Like, I've already done it before. I know I can physically do it, you know. Um, so it's just not... I don't know. It's just holding yourself accountable because, you know, yeah. if you turned around that time, you're like, well, I can't do it. Well, you've already done it before. Yeah. Um, so you know that you can. Well, you know, I don't know if you played any peewee sports, but there was always that peewee sport, that one season for me where I wanted to quit or, you know, I didn't right. want to do this. And my dad always said, well, winners never quit and quitters never win and quitters can quitters quit all the time. Yeah. And so I'm not ever going to let you be a quitter. Right. Um, because quitters never win and quitters quit all the time. Yeah. And that's kind of what you're talking about of like, if I quit once, I'm going to quit again. Yeah. And there is people be reasonable. You know what I mean? Like he talks in the, in the, uh, the comfort crisis book of like, I don't even know how to pronounce the Japanese word. Um, but he, it's a, it's a Japanese word for a great challenge of, you know, do a yearly great challenge that really, really tests your, your, your capabilities. And so like one of them was they, they put a heavy ass rock down at like the bottom of a pool and they had to move it like 50 yards or whatever. Um, don't quote me on it, but I think they crossed like a, a bay or a channel or something on a paddleboard. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They did. That was, that was a different. Remember, they they crossed the San Francisco Bay on a paddleboard. Yeah. Um. Yeah. They, yeah. They did not carry a rock down yeah, the yeah. bottom of a okay, of yeah, a bay. Yeah. yeah. No, I mixed um, the two up. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 They they did like a pool or something where they they put something heavy down there and they had to go underwater and like move it and walk on the surface of this pool. Um. And one of the requirements of these great challenges is that you can't die. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. that's one of the requirements is yeah. that it's not going to kill you. Yeah. Um. So be reasonable. We're not talking about getting uncomfortable to the point of death um just close (laughs) you know just 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 close well and Um, the thing is is the way your mind plays tricks on you is when you think you're done yeah and you think you have to quit you've probably got another 30 40 percent in you you're probably only halfway to what you can actually do right um because that's just the way your mind your mind is trying to save you it it seeks comfort that's the way we're programmed to survive is to seek comfort and be comfortable yes sir so push past that yeah um, so let's talk about maybe getting socially uncomfortable because that's, and I know you're uncomfortable about even talking about getting socially uncomfortable, Absolutely. <laughs> but let's talk about your kind of growth in that aspect because I think, uh, I don't want to be too arrogant, but I think I've kind of played a part in some of your, yeah. uh, your social growth. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I've seen you come out, come out of your shell a little bit, maybe. I don't know if that's really the word because you were always... You've always been willing to talk and do things, but 
I've just seen you grow in a social aspect and being willing to have more conversations with people yeah. and kind of get into our group. Let's talk about that and getting uncomfortable socially and how you've how you've done that. Because, I, like I said, I feel like it's hard for you to get so uh, uncomfortable physically. Um, the yeah. social uncomfortability, that one was really like, oh, yeah. if there's more than two people in the room, you're socially uncomfortable. Oh, for sure. So let's, let's talk about that and how you've kind of overcome some of that. You know, I feel like that kind of goes back all the way even to like grade school. I had the same three friends all the way through grade schools. I mean, I'm a friendly guy. I get along with everybody, but as far as friends, I had those same three friends. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when it came to high school, I switched to a new school. Right. Um, So I didn't have that that crutch of the same, you know, three old friends. Um, And I didn't really try to like go out past that. You know, I didn't try to make new friends because I didn't really care. Yeah. Um, And then that even continued all the way into like, when I started trade school and I went to welding school, I met Trey Yeah, and uh, I was friends with a couple of guys there and we stayed friends, but I, you know, I've always had just a core two or three friends and that's all I've really ever tried to maintain. Yes, sir. And, um, I'm also kind of just like a really logic based person. Yeah. And so like, if I don't necessarily have a reason to talk to somebody, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not rude. If they'll talk to me, I'll carry a conversation. Right. But it's just, I'm not going to strike one up if I don't have a reason to talk to that person. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, and then, you know, I also used to be very nihilistic, um, especially if you remember even, you know, like when I was working with you at Regency, when we worked yeah. together, um, let's cover that real quick. Um, yeah. we forgot to kind of cover, uh, where we met. We actually met at a, at a, a job that was kind of shitty for both of us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it was good guys. Love, love Clay Gerber. He's, yeah. he's a cool guy. Yeah. Um, he was probably one of the only people that owned it that I liked but um, he, he was he was a really cool guy but uh, we, we met there and you had probably the shittiest job out of any job to have there um, they yeah. you spent a lot of time being uncomfortable oh, for sure. um, and I was I was doing some drawings and yours was very uncomfortable physically um, and oh, from yeah. a time perspective mine was very uncomfortable like the socially or oh, yeah. you know interpersonally uncomfortable but that's kind of how we met was already in uncomfortable circumstances yeah. Yeah. And so, just just a side note, so that people know how how we right. met. But you were talking about being nihilistic and that and back at Regency. Yeah. So I mean, and that's just how I was back then. So the way I kind of viewed the world is kind of the way a lot of people probably view the world. It's just that you know everything's horrible. Yeah. You know, people are dumb. Everything sucks. Nobody people cares. People are evil. Yeah. Nobody cares. Everybody sucks. And then you know, I was just kind of the more you get out and the more you talk to people, you realize that. Not everybody sucks. I mean, there's always going to be shitty people out there, but not, you know, most people are pretty good. Yes, sir. Um, a lot of people, while they might not be smart, they might know things that you don't. Right. Um, you know, everybody has a little something to offer. Yes, sir. Um, so just kind of overcoming that, just changing the way you approach it and the mindset and just seeing these new conversations, these new people is you know, maybe as new information, new things you can learn. Right. Um, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And like I said, I've, I've seen you do that pretty well in my friend group because, you know, my friend group, we have, and I say my friend group, they're still, they're your friend group too, oh, but yeah, like, yeah. um, you'll come over to parties and I've seen you kind of open up to more of the, the newer people because me, I'll have anybody over at a party. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. you know that about me. Oh yeah. Like, you know, when you wanted to invite Trey, your, your best friend over, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Let's go. Right. Let's go have a, a great time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because that's just the way I am. And I could tell that sometimes you got a little bit uncomfortable when the new people would show up and now it's, it's no big thing. You know what I mean? Right. Like, 
now you'll you'll give them hell or you'll you know ask them about something um, yeah and you're still you're still probably the most awkward guy in the room oh, but sure. you've definitely overcome a lot of that yeah. and i i do i agree with that attitude switch and yeah. you know we've always been pretty pretty good friends right. but i think that part of the reason that you and i have built such a a better friendship over the most recent years is is your switch from the more oh, nihilist sure. oh yeah the nihilist uh mode of thought into yeah. more of an, an optimistic um i guess what what is the opposite of of nihilism um, um yaleism i don't know like what I, I don't know the actual word um back to that norse mentality podcast and uh, he's even caught a lot of flack for it but he has a shirt and he has another slogan that's just unwavering positivity yeah, yeah, um, that, that makes it's, sense. It's to always try and be positive no matter what. Yeah. Uh, and that's been a really hard switch for me. But I agree that that's when our friendship kind of became better and when I noticed that shift is when I made that uh, change in way of thinking. But... Uh, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's really helped. Oh, for sure. Um, and, and, you know, and me coming... Yeah, I, I just I think it's done really well because we've been able to connect a little bit better. Yeah, you know what I mean because yeah. I was trying to make that shift. I wasn't necessarily nihilistic as in the world sucks and nobody cares. Right. But it was always I, I talked about it with Jonah where I would always see problems first. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and just assume the worst. It, yeah, and I I didn't necessarily assume the worst in people always, but there was still just a lot of negativity around. Yeah. You know, and I noticed that you and I both. We talk less about the negative things and more about the positive oh, things. Yeah. And so I think we grew in that aspect together. Yeah. You you kind of came from a point of everybody sucks, everything sucks, the world is terrible. And right. I kind of came from a point of, you know, everybody has, you know, problems and I need to fix all of these problems and my life has problems and I can't fix any of these problems right. and problems, problems, problems. Right. And we kind of both came to this point of, hey, look, we're going to do our best with our own lives yeah. and we're going to make the best out of it and we're going to be positive no matter what. Right. And that's when our friendship really, really strengthened. Yeah. So. And you know that it was kind of a, I don't want to say a self-fulfilling prophecy, but it kind of just fed into itself with the nihilism. Right. Um, and you know, like, when you think like that, like people don't want to be around you. Mm -hmm. They don't want to associate with you. Like, and I always had these friends too, but I didn't have tons of friends. And then, you know, I just kind of, kind of stepped back and I'm like, well, who would want to be around somebody that's just always negative all the time? Yeah. And, and I can honestly say that I don't think that that deterred me much of anything because we have a sense, a, a common sense of humor. Right. And right. so I don't know if that deterred me, deterred me much, but I will say that I backed off of serious conversations more often. Yeah. You know, when you were yeah. in that kind of nihilistic place. Yeah. Because it was always, it was, well, nobody cares. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or the world is shit. Right. And now we can have these deeper conversations like what yeah. we're having now. Right. Um, and I'm sure it was a little bit with me. I know people like having better conversations with me because I'm not always bitching about my problems. You know right. what I mean? Right. And so having that self-awareness, nihilism only goes in two directions. It goes to either somebody can realize what they're doing and it goes into a place of positivity or it goes into like school shooter territory. Right. And Jordan Peterson <laughs> kind of talks about that. You know, that's not a fuck. That's not a quote. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, um, you know, it's either it's either happiness or school shooter. You know, like that's not a Jordan Peterson quote, but um, that's kind of the two ways it goes. It really and, is. Though. And so I'm glad you found the happiness the happiness part of it. Um, 
So let's talk about, you know, now, now that we're on the subject of, of making friends and keeping friends, you know, kind of like Jonah and I talked about, um, what is what do you think the most important part of being a friend is? What is, what is the most crucial part of being a good friend? I consider you a, a very good friend, and I know why I consider that, but I want to hear your thoughts of what do you think the most important part of, of being a good friend are? What do you expect from your friends, and what do you what do you make sure to give to your friends in order to be a good one? You know, I feel like most of it is just effort. Yes, sir. Um, yep. And I mean, you know, you can't always expect everybody to reciprocate the same amount of effort, but there's got to be something. I mean, it's yes, almost sir. the same. Friendships are almost the same as relationships. You know, if there's, mm-hmm. if you're trying to talk to a girl and you're the one always initiating, I mean, this goes both ways. If you're the one always initiating and you're setting everything up and you're the one trying to hang out all the time and right. they always cancel or they don't show up and they make excuses or they do show up and they're on their phone the whole time. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just the effort. If somebody can at least try a little bit, then I feel like there's a basis for a friendship or a relationship or something there. Um, so for me, the main thing is just putting in a little bit of effort. Preach. And, and yep. I mean, that is, that is why I've cut off a lot of friends. Um, I was about to, I was about to get into that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so put it, putting in effort and showing that you care, you know what yeah. I mean? Showing that you want to be around them. Yeah. Texting first. You know, like that, that's a big one is like texting first that people. So I don't know what trait it is about people where they just forget that the phone is a two way street. Right. You know what I mean? And I've had to relax off of my expectations for people to like reply or to hit me up because I think I had to, I was expecting people to be like I am, you know what I mean? Where I'm constantly, I don't like being alone. And it's kind of, we talked about that in in the podcast with Nick Shelton. I don't like being alone. And so I was expecting a little bit too much out of people, but the vast majority of, especially dudes, I feel like they just don't reach out. You know what I mean? And I think it's- We're too cool. Yeah, we're, we're too cool. And I think- Given the amount of connectivity we have to all the stupid bullshit that we have today, yes. I think it's a little bit unacceptable to only hear yeah. from your your guys that you consider a friend every three months. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you know goddamn good and well that- They're on their phone all day. All, on their phone all day. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, hey, why don't you stop scrolling through Instagram and send your buddies a text? Yeah. You know? Or send them a meme. I mean, it doesn't yeah. have to be send a, a meaningful text. Just something. Yeah. Just-, just interact you know what i mean let yeah. people know that you're still on your radar yeah and you know i think that's where i've come that's where i've started really picking and choosing who i give my time to yeah. is based on those people that are so damn busy and they still they still find time to call me yeah you know what i mean sure. and i i started feeling like uh I felt like a little bit of a hypocrite for a while because I would have some friends that didn't talk to me all that much and I, and I still held them in high regard. And then, right. but I still started thinking about it and I was like, man, that friend is super, super busy and yeah. still on a Friday, he'll randomly call me. Yeah. You know, like Jonah and I, we don't talk that much. We don't really text because we tend right. to get into like stupid political arguments when we do text. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he'll call, like he called me today at, you know, at like four o'clock. I was, I was in physical therapy, but he just called me today. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. that, that means so much, you know. Yeah. Um, you and I, we don't really communicate on the phone, but we, no. we we've been. I've seen you once a week for like, oh yeah, for a while, for like six months now. Yeah, you know what I mean. And we both make an effort. Yeah, and and I think that's, I think that's key. So oh, for sure, one of my next friends is. At what point do you have to let a friend go? At what point do you say? Hey man, it, it's just not working out. It's not you. It's me. You know, like we can't. <laughs> 
we can't be doing this anymore. You know, we let's see other people. How, how do you, how do you let a friend go? And at what point do you decide to do that? Because you and I have both had to let friends go, um, pretty recently. Yeah. Um, I'm going to absolutely butcher this, but what really kind of brought that to light for me was, uh, a quote from the Havamal. Yes, sir. Um, I forget how it goes word for word, but it's something like there's a clear path a clear path leads to a good friend's house, even though he may be further afield. Yes, sir. So, I mean, so what that's saying is, even though this guy might be further away, you go back and forth more often, there's a clear trail. Yep. This guy might be next door, but there's weeds and shit on that trail's overgrown. Yeah, mesquite trees just all over the yeah. place. And, uh, you know, I ran into that specifically with a friend that I had. Um, well, two friends that I had. I had a friend that was one of my grade school lifelong friends. And uh, he moved to Dallas. And I still saw him probably three or four times a year. Right. Which is, I mean, a six-hour drive. I mean, that's an effort to see each other. Yes, sir. Um, I had another friend that was one of those lifelong childhood friends that lived two streets over. I didn't see him for two years. Um, I would, you know, we would make plans and he would always cancel. He'd never show up. Um, So, you know, just feeling that uh, effort not being reciprocated. And then, you know, yeah. reading something like that, it just kind of connected the dots from like, this relationship is not worth keeping up. Yeah. It's, it's bringing me down. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, really that's what is. I always, is it's bringing me down with the negativity. Yeah. And, you know, I liked your analogy and I know it comes from the Havamal, which is a, we can, we can explain that later, but it's, right. it's, it's a, it's a poem of a bunch of different like Norse, um, Norse mythology poems of, of like how to live life or, or good right. good sayings for life. Yeah, is that a good way to put it? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Um, and it says something like a, a a path to a good friend's house, while it may be longer, it's more clear. Um, right. I know it's different in there, but right. um, you know, kind of like what Sam said is, it's going to be a trail, not you know, rustling through. <laughs> you know, it, it may only be two hundred yards of of mesquite and yucca. To, to try to get to this friend's house, you know what I mean? But right. you can walk a mile of easy road yeah. and get to an actually good friend's house. It may yeah. be farther, but it's going to be an easier walk. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and the more, I like what you said, the more often you walk it, the easier it gets. Oh, yeah. You know, you create your own trail. Yeah. And I think that's important because, you know, I had a friend that I had to let go. And when I finally let him go, somebody brought it up to me. Uh, you know, I think it was my mom of uh, somebody said, hey, you know, well, he did this, this, and this for you. Okay, well, if over the the stint of five years, you climb through some mesquite trees like once a year, right? you know what I mean, right. and go 200 yards once a year, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's fine, but I've got these people over here that have been hiking two miles a day, right. you know what I mean, to come right. and, and to come to my house and right. to, to break bread. And those are the people I'm going to give my time to because consistency means a little bit more than just grand gestures of, of, you know, trying to maintain a friendship. Um, and, and and I agree with that. You know, I, I really think I agree with that, that frequency and effort, effort, keeping me on the top of your mind means a little bit more to me as a friend than, you know, once every blue moon driving 15 hours to come see me, you know, then a, then a text on your birthday. Yeah, 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 you know, exactly. Like the yeah. Facebook post on the birthday. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's a very good point. Yeah. Um, and it's not that I don't appreciate the text on the birthday, right. but it's just like, you know, man, you you had all this time that you could have been texting me and calling me. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. You, okay, I wouldn't have cared if you went to my graduation right. or not, if you had at least been calling me over the past like year and a half. Right. 
You know, that that's that's kind of where I'm at is, you know, like if you said, hey, man, I can't make it to your graduation, but we're going to talk every week on the phone and, and see how everything's going. Right. I would be fine with that. Right. You know, so I, I, I agree with you. And do you have any hardcore set boundaries of like how many times they can fuck that up before they're no longer Sam's friend? Or like how, how do you how do you kind of approach that? Is it case by case basis? I think it's got to be case by case because, you know, yeah. People are busy. People have their own lives. I don't expect their life to revolve around me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you also can't just straight disrespect me either. Like if we make plans, then and you commit to those plans, then you need to show up. I hate a flake, dude. And I mean, I, I hate know a flake. We're all adults. I know shit happens. But for you to just no call, no text, no nothing, no show. Right. That's unacceptable. I mean, like you said, he's been on his phone all fucking day. He could have sent a text. Yep. Um, could have sent a text. But, I mean, it's just, you've got to hold people around you accountable. Yeah. I mean, that's just all there is to it. Yeah, I think um, so. And, and so, it, you just have to use common sense. I mean, yeah, you just have to know where to draw the line. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, you know, I think it's important as a male to surround yourself with quality people. Absolutely. Um, because I don't think we've put any sort of importance on that in the past 10, 20 years. We haven't. You know, we had that conversation with our wives about how, like, who has more like deeper friendships and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And I, I think if I remember correctly, McKinley was saying that she felt like guys' friendships were a little bit more shallow. Uh, is, it might, is it that might have been the other way. Was it the other way? Because actually me and her continued that conversation after okay. we left. Yeah. And you know, the well, kind of, the kind of conclusion that we came to is, you know, that women have friend, they, they make easier friends. I know a lot of people won't say that because, you know, typically females are kind of fake friends to each other. Yeah. Well, that's um, why they make easier friends. Is it's there, easier. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, me and her talked about it and women don't have to rely on their friends for things. Yeah. Um, they just have to carry a conversation. They get to go have coffee or a glass of wine or right. watch a movie. Guy friends, you know, when you're a man, for you to have another friend that's a man, you have to count on them. Mm-hmm. For things, you know, if your truck breaks down, who's going to come give you a tow? Yep. Who's going to help you, you know, install your washer or break a fix a broken pipe or, yeah. you know, you have to count on the men in your life to help you with things and to do things and yes, be sir. there for you. And, uh, you know, the women, they don't have to do that because they have the man in their life to do that. Right. She doesn't have to call her friend Becky to come help her do shit. Because yeah. she has a husband or she has a boyfriend or her father or they have men and in their life to do these things. Typically, that man, even if he can't do it himself, he has other men and that's yeah. who shows up. Yeah. Not, their, not their friends. Yeah. You know so, what I mean? So men have to be a lot more picky and their friendships have to be a lot deeper because you count on them for more life and death shit. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And I want to approach that from a different angle. I know this isn't a podcast for women, but I think that women may have to do that on more of an emotional level. And maybe that's why you see... You know, women coming up with a little bit. I think men do have a lot of more mental health issues, oh, but I think sure. that might be why you see women coming up with a little bit more depression and things like that is because they don't build those stronger bonds. And oh, so yeah. when they do need that emotional support or something like that, it's not there. It, it, you know, it's not there. Yeah. Um, I, that's just kind of a hypothesis for me because yeah. I do think that women need that support in different ways. Yeah. And maybe they're just not getting it from their, you know, their sisters. Yeah. Um, well, and you know, part of that might be because they know it's not as deep of a friendship and they don't want to bring these issues to light with their friends. They don't want to lean on those friends because they know those friends aren't actually there for them. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. They're going to use it point. against them. Yeah. You know. 
and like getting women to like go make new friends isn't that so hard you know you know what yeah. i mean like yeah. i know we've both been in that situation yeah. of like hey go make other friends yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. go be friends with this person and they and right. they won't right. um i think they're sometimes they might be scared and i think that comes to the nature of like high school for women yeah you know like dudes we were very upfront, and there was a little bit less talking behind our backs because yeah. we would just say that shit to your face yeah you know what i mean where women it was all like you you see the meme you know the oh, meme yeah. of you know the girl tells a compliment and then goes and whispers to the other girl like yeah. she's so fat yeah and it's a dude like hey what's up gay boy yeah and then he goes and he's like man yeah. i really fucking like that guy you yeah. know like yeah that dude's um, fucking cool yeah he's, he's so fucking cool like yeah. you know like hey dude you, you got a you got a small dick and then you walk away he's like dude that guy's such a man you know yeah. what i mean like yeah. that's exactly how we do it we give each other shit yeah. well that's up like front. that's like the meme of you know like the two girls showing up to a party wearing the same dress and they hate each other and somebody has to leave yeah two bros show up wearing the same shirt they're best friends for oh, life bro man. yeah like immediately like that dude's gonna be in the other dude's wedding from now on yeah like, exactly you're like eskimo bros you know yeah, what i mean like yeah. eskimo bros <laughs> they, they don't have that for women they no. hate each other yeah yeah so yeah i i agree with that it, but i do think that it's kind of uh i do think it's, it's hard for men and I don't know why because there is definitely a majority of men that don't value those those higher level brotherhoods and friendships. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just a certain breed of people that values, you know, the, the brotherhood of having some really good close friends. Um, let's, let's pontificate on that. I think that's the right word. Let's pontificate on, <laughs> on how, you know, what kind of men want to have really good friends? Because I, I truly have run into some people where I just don't think they give a damn whether they have some good friends or not. Are they just naive to what a good friend can do? I think so. You, you know? know, I think part of that is there's, it requires a certain level of awareness. Yeah. Um, you have to kind of look at that kind of comes back to grounding yourself with the world around you. I mean, you have to get out of fucking social media and pictures and status updates and, right. you know, having the nicest things and being so fake on the outside with your friendships, with your shit. I mean, yeah. you have to really look inward to be like, you know, I need some real fucking friends that yeah. I can count on because that's not what they're, I mean, they're, that's just like you said, that's not what they're looking for. Right. But it, they're just not aware, I think. Yeah, and I think those are the guys that end up 40 in a midlife crisis. Oh, yeah. And I think that's how guys kind of develop some depression, too, oh, is sure. that they, they don't have anybody to talk to. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're Well, you know, it's fun for now, but 10 years down the line, you look at these people, and you can't count on any of them. Right. None of them are real friends. You know, they're not I mean, there fuck, you can't you. count on them now. Yeah. You yeah. know, let alone 10 years from now. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're fine. I mean, that's just kind of the point I was making, you know what works for now is not going to work forever on right. those shallow friendships like that where you've got you know and you you are who you surround yourself with so if you hang out with a bunch of fucking losers you're going to be a fucking loser yeah i mean that's all there is to it yeah we just i don't know which one's going to post first and maybe yours or nick shelton's but we, we had talked about how you are the average of the the five most people you spend your time with i believe that that makes sense yeah i i, I believe it to a certain extent um i I think it becomes really, really hard not to be. I think oh, yeah. I think you can you can you can rise above that. But yeah. um, for the average person, I think I think it, it reigns true. Oh yeah, and you um, know, um, I'll complete. I'll I'll agree with that. Uh, I'm sure you remember Andrew. Yeah. Um, but we used to make uh, in welding school. We used to kind of make fun of him for saying buddy all the time. Yeah. And now it, that's part of why I call everybody buddy. 
all yep. the time. Yes, you do. Yeah, I do. And I've started doing it. It stuck with me. Yeah, and now it's passed on to you, and that's all from Andrew. Yeah, I, um, you know, uh, or so I'm, I'm going to beat the brakes off that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that from Andrew. That, yeah. <laughs> beat the brakes off of that dude. Yeah. And then we then we actually had to change trailer brakes. And <laughs> it's like, <laughs> hey, are you going to beat the brakes off of that trailer? Um, Andrew is a guy that we, we both worked with. As, so Amarillo is a really small town. I actually knew Andrew from when he was like 10 or 12. Right. Um, hanging out with Ty, my cousin Ty. But Andrew's a guy that Sam knew and that, that I knew that um, he, he's uh, he's really funny just some of the shit he says some yeah. of the times. And it, it yeah. can rub off. It's that really catchy stuff that yeah. that can rub off sometimes. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I agree. And, and, you know, some of those deeper deeper habits, those negative habits can definitely rub off. Oh, for sure. You know, and, and I don't like that, no. you know. Um I don't like that, you know, sometimes I'll be like headed to somebody's house who's who's maybe been late to mine a couple times and I'm not talking about you. Um, I know last time y'all were a little late. It's not that big I'm, a deal. I'm always fashionably late. Don't yeah, worry. fashionably. Yeah. Um, because you wear the same damn shirt, jeans, and shoes everywhere. Yeah, um, fashion. Fashion. <laughs> but I, I always hate when I'm like headed to somebody's house or something and I think about all the times they've been late to mine and I'm like, you know what, fuck it. it it's fine if I'm 10 minutes late. Right. I hate that. Yeah. And that's when I instantly I'm like, no, we're going to be there on time, right? You know what I mean. Maintain you my set standard. An example, yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think it's really important. And you and I, I don't, I don't want to say anything, but you, you kind of know that there's been some people recently that I just can't count on. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. And it, it's yeah. just, it's just getting, it's getting ridiculous, you yeah. know. And it sucks that when you have somebody that you invested so much time in, yeah. and you, you thought you were such good friends with that. It's like, dude, I, I can't count on you for literally anything. Right. You know, and and like I said, they may they may walk through the mesquites occasionally. Right. But it's like, dude, all I'm asking you to do is walk the two mile path. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Every once in a while. Yeah. That's all I'm asking you to do. Yeah. And I mean, and you know, with in that, in some scenarios, you know, sometimes that stuff happens because they're dealing with their own shit. Yep. Um. And it's one of those, you can try to help them with it, but if they don't want your help, they're not going to take it. And it's one of those things that they just have to deal with it on their own, in their own time. And maybe once they get over that, it'll be better. But in the meantime, they just have to deal with their shit. I had, I had a friend like that that... Uh he and I were pretty good friends, but he just had this one girlfriend that was just a pain in the ass. And I mean, yeah. we'd be sitting at Buffalo Wild Wings and she'd call him 27 times. Like, yeah. not even kidding you. Yeah. And it got to the point where I uh, actually got him a job interview and he stood me up for it. He, uh, yeah, drank drank too much the night before and stood me up for the job interview. Ooh. Didn't talk to him after that. I mean, uh, literally. I don't blame you. Yeah, literally didn't say a word to him after the job interview. No. You talk about setting boundaries. That's where you draw a fucking line, right? Yeah, there. yeah. And this was at, I was at Regency. And oh, so God. Clay actually gave me a job interview and, he, and the, the dude didn't show up. Oh, my And gosh. so I just didn't talk to him. And it came back that actually we, uh, you know, we, we got back together and he apologized and, you know, I, I let him back in and said, Hey man, look, you know, if you can be more responsible, if you're a little bit more of an adult, like I'd like to be an adult and have yeah. be friends with you. And we yeah. maintained a friendship for a little bit. And then just recently he tried to come into town, um, and said, Hey, I want to come into town and hang out with you. And I said, okay, man. Um, yeah, I need to know when you're going to be doing this because I've got podcast recording. I've got all these different things working out that right. I'm trying to do. Right. Um, I 
need to know your plans. And it got to like, he was coming in on Friday and it got to like Wednesday and he didn't say anything to me. And I texted him. I was like, dude, I need you to like quit being a woman and like, tell me what you're going to do because I have to tell other women what the fuck I'm going to do. Right. You know, like I need you to help me out. And he just didn't reply and we didn't hang out that weekend. And at this point I'm like, dude, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like I, if I can't count on you to be a semi adult and, and value my time because I moved things around in my schedule yeah. because he and I had a tentative plan. Right. And I moved things around in my schedule and he didn't, yeah. he didn't stick to that and he didn't yeah. even let me know, like he didn't even tell me how to change that. And so, yeah. you know, I'm like, dude, I, 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 no longer are yeah. we, are we going to do this because yeah. I can't count on you. You're not an adult. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I'm only friends with adults. I don't, I'm not friends right. with kids. That's when the government shows up. So, yeah. you know, like I'm not friends <laughs> with children. You'd be an adult. Yeah. I had something similar happen with a friend. Uh, we actually met online, but he lives in uh, Montana. Yeah. And last year we went on vacation. We went up to Glacier. Right. Um, it was great. And then uh, he wanted us to stop and see him. And I mean, we wanted to see him too, because I never actually met him in real life. We'd only been friends online. And I was like, I want to yeah. meet this dude and, you know, hang out. And so on our way home, it added, I think, six hours to our trip, but we went out of the way to go to where he lives to go have dinner with him one night. Yeah. And it was cool. We hung out and everything and we came back home and added to our trip, but it was, fu- I mean, we didn't care. It was fine. Yeah. And then uh, recently he like had a girlfriend in Dallas and he came to pick her up and he's like, Hey, I'm driving through Amarillo. Yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. Like we can have dinner. And then uh, it came later that night and he's like, Oh, well we don't have time to stop. Yeah. And then he just went, he just went on through and I'm like, well, for, if you weren't going to stop, you could have just told me. Yeah. Um, but I was like, you know, when we were there, we added an extra six hours to our fucking trip to go see you. And now you yeah. can't stop for 30 minutes to eat. You know, it's just, it goes back to the effort. Right. Just not reciprocating the effort put in. And I don't think I've talked to him since, ever since they blew us off when he was here. I was like, you could have not told me you were coming and it would have been one thing. Yeah. If you're in such a hurry and you don't have time to stop, that's fine. Right. But don't be like, don't tell me you're going to do something and then not do it. Yeah. We're in some of that with, you know, with my wife's family right now of like, hey, look, you know, and I, they're not, they don't listen to the fucking podcast anyway. So I'm, right. I'm just going to talk about it because it's, it's super relevant that, you know, they blame me for her not always spending a bunch of time with them because my family puts in effort. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. like, even my family, we don't, we don't see them all that often. Yeah. You know what I mean? We'll go down. My grandparents live where my parents live. And there's times where we go down and we don't see my grandparents because yeah. we're trying to devote the time to my parents. Right. You know, and, but my grandparents come up here and they make the effort yeah. and our door is always open. Yeah. And even to her family, our door is always open. Yeah. If they, they would ever fucking walk through it, they don't make the effort. You know what I mean? Like the one time that they did, you know, they caused a bunch of problems while they were here. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, it, it's just like, hey, look, we can only give out so much energy. And there's there's an analogy about the energy cup. I, maybe I need to learn it because it, it, it seems to be more and more relevant as we as I, as I do this podcast. Right. But it's like you only have so much energy in your cup throughout the day, and you oh, can yeah. only pour, and some people pour into you, and da 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 da. I, yeah. I, I don't know what it actually yeah. is. No, it makes sense. But it's like, look, we only have so much energy and so much time and so much money that we can spend to drive six hours down south. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And if y'all aren't going to value that and respect that time, we're not going to do it. And then, you know, it was kind of a point of contention with my wife and I, and she's like, well, you never want to see my family. And it's like, well, they never respect our time. Yeah. And she was a little bit slower coming to that. And then like today they straight up blamed me for, for like her never seeing them. Yeah. And that's when she was finally like, all right, you know, I, I can't even, yeah, yeah. You know, you're right. You know? Yeah. And 
that's a little bit, you know, that's 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 some personal stuff, but it's just so valid. You know what I mean? And yeah. where people really mess up is they continue to give and give and give and give. They never set boundaries, yeah. and then that just builds resentment. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? What I hope, what I really hope, is that there's a point in life where my, you know, my wife and her family and and myself, we can come to an understanding of, hey, let's both respect each other's time right. and we can be in each other's lives. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. her dad, I, I, I kind of like hanging out with her dad sometimes. You know what I yeah. mean? Like he can be a dick sometimes, but whose dad can't? I was say who can't, yeah. Yeah, you know? And so like I would, I would love her brother, love hanging out with her brother. Um, you know, that's about... <laughs> You know, um, her mom, her mom's a great, you know, a great person when she wants to be. Yeah. And so it's like, I would love to have a world where we could all hang out and be cool and where we, we take special time out of our trips to come and see them. Right. But it's like, you got to reciprocate. You know what I mean? Well, and it's, it's one of those things. They're not at that point yet. Yeah. You're at that point and you're ready, but they're not ready to put in the effort to be there. Yep. They just, Uh, they just want us to, you know? Yeah. And, and I feel like, and again, I share that personal circumstance and I don't, I don't care if they listen to it, you know, it needs to be said, but I share that personal circumstance to kind of help other people realize of like, Hey, you know, setting boundaries is the only way this gets better because what, what the alternative is, is waiting 25 years until there's so much resentment built up that, yeah, when we have, you know, when we have kids or all of these events, it happened on, you know, some of my dad's side of the family of like, finally, when the resentment blows up, then you have a much bigger issue. You know, no, we're going to set boundaries right now. We're going we're gonna to do this right now. And while I'm 23 and she's 24, 25, whatever, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how old she is. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, when, when I'm 23 and she's 24, yeah. we're going to set these boundaries and we're going to hold to them. And eventually when you're ready to come to our terms and to give us our respect, that's that's what you know. We'll 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 be happy to let you into our home, yeah. and we'll be happy to make that effort. Yeah. And if it, it, it's important as a man running a household, being able to do that, yeah. Um, and help your wife through that, and and if it's your family, do that for yourself because yeah. it's only going to help your wife. Yeah. If it's your wife's family, help her do that. Yeah. You have to kind of nip those things in the bud. Yep. Because, uh, like you said, resentment will build up, exactly. and eventually you'll blow. Yeah. Um, I'm going through, I'm reading Jordan Peterson's second book right now, Beyond Order. Okay. And he actually talks about that. It's a, it's a smaller story, but it's a perfect example of how that stuff builds up. Right. Um, I don't remember the exact scenario. It was like somebody's grandpa. One of those, kind of like all of our grandpas, just a fucking great, just pillar of a man, hardworking, yep. um, worked in like a factory or a mine or something, you know, just a manual labor, just one of those down to earth guys. Well, he came home every day for lunch and his wife would make him a sandwich. And she served them on these little sandwich plates. So they're on these little bitty plates. And then after like 10 years, you know, he'd had a rough day. Something else happened. You know, he got in trouble at work or whatever. He came home for a sandwich and it was on this little plate. Right. And he's like, why the fuck are you serving these sandwiches (laughs) on these goddamn little plates? Yeah. And he had never said anything for, you know, 10 years. She didn't know it bothered him. Yeah. You know, she just gave him a little plate. But he just let it build and he never said anything because it didn't matter. It wasn't worth the effort and the time. Yeah. And then it builds up and it fucking eats at you it until does. you explode. Did you, Do you remember the dragon story from 12 Rules for Life? Remember the one where it's like the dragon under the bed and the kid comes and says, there's a dragon under the yeah, bed. There's yeah. a dragon under the bed. Yeah. And he's eating the crumbs and he's slowly growing. Yeah. And the mom says, there's not a dragon under your bed. Right. And I may be butchering this this story. We're, we're riffing here. But, um, <laughs> you know, the kid says, there's a dragon under the bed. And there's like and the mom's like no there's not a, and the husband's like there's a dragon under the fucking bed you know and it's like no there's there's and she's like no there's not a dragon under the bed right and it just keeps eating the crumbs right. and eventually it like takes over the whole and it's like wearing the house like Clifford the big red dog you know yeah. what I mean yeah. and and then finally 
the mom goes oh yeah oh shit there's a dragon under the yeah. bed and it, it immediately goes in and it immediately immediately shrinks in size and yeah. goes back under the bed yeah you know I mean once you acknowledge something yeah. and once you address it yeah that's when you can take care of it yeah because um, you know what I bet you his wife never gave him a sandwich on a tiny plate again yeah yeah and it was one of those things it's so small it didn't fucking matter and I mean they laughed about it later but in the moment, I mean, he was just so mad at these little tiny fucking plates. Yeah, it's like, why? We, we pay for big plates. <laughs> like, we have big plates. Yeah. Yeah, and that's something that Dylan and I, we sacrifice a lot of... of I, we're trying to find that balance right now yeah. of how many little how many little arguments do we pick? Yeah. How many little fights do we pick? Yeah. How see, much do we let go and how much do we address? Yeah, because if you don't, if it's stuff that doesn't matter and you just let it go... When you do have a fight about something serious, all mm-hmm. of a sudden you're throwing that little shit in there. Yep. You know, you're fighting about, you know, a big marital problem and they're like, oh yeah, and you fold the towels wrong too. Yeah. You start yeah. throwing that shit in there Yep. as an insult or t- to intentionally cause harm when that's not what the issue's about. Yeah. Because you didn't deal with it when it came up fucking three years ago. Yeah. And and I think Dylan and I are on two different sides of that spectrum. I don't think either of us are to the extremes. Right. But I'm something that I'll, I'll bring up everything. Right. I'm like, hey, look, you did this and I don't like that. Can we fix that? Yeah. You know what I mean? And she'll bring up nothing. And then when the big fight comes, it's yeah. like, yeah. I'm like, that has nothing to and do then, with what yeah, we're talking about here. Yeah, she's hitting you with shit from four years ago. Yeah. It's like milk cups. Because I drink a lot of milk. Yeah. And so she hates it when I like drink milk and don't rinse it out uh, because yeah. it's like the crusty yeah. milk or That's whatever. My, my shaker bottles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and you know, like that was one that it like blew up in a fight. And I'm like, what What in the fuck does that have to do with what we're yeah. talking about yeah. now? She's like on May 4th, yeah. 2019, <laughs> yeah. you didn't rinse out your fucking cup. Yeah, but for me, on the other hand, where I'm bad about it is like she'll do something and I'm like, can we not do that ever yeah. again, please? Yeah. You know, um, you know, that's where I'm really bad about it. Or like she'll do something for me, but she did a part of it wrong. Uh, and I'm like, yeah. we need to we need to talk about this so we don't fight about it. And she's right. like, I just literally did everything for you, right? You know, like 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 I just picked all this stuff up for you, and yeah. you're upset about where I put it, right? You know, it, little stuff like that, and finding that balance is is how you kind of build that relationship. Dynamic. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, I will add a small thing to that, right? Um, with just gratitude, and even it doesn't have to be a big thing, but like with household chores, yeah, it's something that I've noticed that me and my wife do that a lot of people don't do is we just say thanks mm-hmm. a lot. You know, like if one of us does the dishes, whoever, it's like, oh hey, thanks for doing the dishes. I mean, it's just nonchalant. You don't even think yeah. about it, but just the impact that can have on somebody. You're just oh hey, thanks for taking out the trash. Thanks right. for doing the dishes. You know, thanks for doing the laundry. Just whatever it is, just say thanks. And yeah, that's mean, that's it, very real. It's not it's not hard to do. And it really, it makes a big kind of, I don't know, a big, it leaves a bigger emotional impact than you would think. Right. Um, when you do something and it's acknowledged, it just, it makes a way bigger impact. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, you know, it's, yeah, the acknowledgement of it and uh, the ownership of when you don't do it. Yeah. Like, acknowledge that they did it right. and take ownership for when you didn't do it and yeah. you probably should have. Right. Um, those two go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. And, you know, so what do you think, what do you think a, a really, uh, what do you think, how do, how do I phrase this? Um, how do you, I'm going to, I'm going to think of it eventually. Um, what do you think the most important part about being a good husband is? Like if you, if you had to pick a most important part of, hey, this is what makes me such a great such a great husband and this this is what I do to, to try to be be present and be there. What 
What do you think that is? It just has to be. It's the same as with a friendship. It's got to be the effort. The effort. And, yep. and showing up and doing what you say you're going to do. Yeah. Integrity. Um, yeah. The integrity. And even, I mean, just kind of the honor of it. Again, mm-hmm. I mean, you just doing what you say you're going to do, showing up when you need to. If something needs to get done, you fucking yeah. get it done. Whether that's addressing, you know, an emotional issue, something you've been fighting about, or if it's just a leaky faucet and you tell them you're going to, if you're going to, if you tell them something, you just have to do it. Just showing up when they need you. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So let's, we haven't talked about this yet. You're going to be a dad. Yeah. How does that feel? It, it, it's crazy. Is it Uh, really? It really is. We went, uh, I haven't even told you about this yet. We went this week and, uh, she had her first sonogram. Yeah. And, uh, we were able to see it. I mean, and it's still so tight. It's it's not even two centimeters yet. I mean, it's it's tiny, but you could see that little heartbeat on the screen. Yeah. Um, and that was fucking, that was wild, man. Is it really? Um, it's exciting and it's, it's scary. Um, and I feel like it's a good thing that I'm scared for the future. Um, cause the main thing that scares me, it's just how do you teach them to be a good person? Yeah. Um, cause it's one of those things you can't teach them. It's not like training a dog. You know, you don't train somebody to yeah. be a good person. You, all you can do is just kind of give them the tools mm-hmm. and they have to do that for themselves. The other, other than giving them the tools, the only thing you can do is lead by example. Um, yep. and that, I mean, that's really all you can do is lead by example, give them the tools and just hope that they use them. Yeah. What it, did your heart sink when you first heard what, what happened? Like not heart sink, but like, did you feel it in your chest? What, what, what happened when you first heard and what headspace did you kind of go into when she told me? Yeah. Um, well, I know it was like four fucking AM in the morning. We discussed that. <laughs> it it might was, not have been that. Early. It was probably like six or seven, but, um, you know, she had had, I think she had a dream Yeah. and she woke up. So she went to go take a test. Right. And then, after she took that test I was still asleep and uh, she came and she woke me up and she's like, Hey babe, guess what? And I was like, what? She's like, it was positive. And I was like, really? Like for real? Like, yeah, I was just excited and I was just kind of in disbelief, honestly, like, cause I mean, we'd been trying for a little bit, not long by any means. Right. I mean, it had only been like a month or two, but it just, uh, it didn't feel real. It's been more than that, hasn't it? No, we only tried seriously for like a month or two, maybe. I thought it was like since Hawaii. Well, that's, that was in... August was it? Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. I don't know. Yeah, so you, no, it, you know more about your life than I do. Sorry, yes, uh, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I mean, it's just the uh, it, it didn't feel real, and it still doesn't really feel real. Yeah, um, I don't think it will until I can hold the baby in my arms. You know, when it actually yeah. comes out, and then it'll really fucking set in. Yeah. Um, but that's the main. It's just it's it's crazy. Yeah. Do you find yourself? I feel like especially once I have. Like once she comes in with the stick and says, "Hey, it better not damn well be at six o'clock in the morning." Um, <laughs> that's for sure. She you, won't, not. you won't care. You you, really you don't think I'll care? No. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a asshole at six in the morning, but <laughs> um, you know, I think once it did it kind of make it hard to to conceptualize deadbeat dads. Like it, I feel, it does. I feel like I would be ready to fight any motherfucker it, that it doesn't does. take care of their kids. Dude, when I saw that sonogram picture and I saw that little heartbeat, 
And then I thought about all the fucking like injustice that people do to their fucking kids. I'm like, how fucking shitty do you have to be to walk away from that? Yeah. Like when I saw that on there, I'm like, there's no way I could leave my wife. Or just rip it out, you know? Yeah. yeah they do yeah, that too. That, that's a whole nother debate. Yeah. Um, if you want to make some people cry, we can have McKinley on for that. <laughs> that's an inside joke. Uh, his <laughs> wife is a labor <laughs> delivery nurse and uh, she made a full army ranger we i asked her so I, I didn't even realize that this guy was still in the conversation and i asked uh, his wife who's a labor delivery nurse or used to be um i asked her like what she thought about abortion because i thought it was a it was a it was an interesting perspective you know she pulls them out all day you know alive or dead because that happens and uh, i asked her about abortion and this like legit army ranger pipe hitter probably killed quite a few people like he was almost in tears i don't know i don't think he actually cried but he was almost in tears after she got done with like sharing her opinions on abortion so that that's that's the inside of that joke his wife holds no bar i mean she she will flat fucking give you the truth yeah um but yeah i i can't i can just imagine that your value of life has to change so dramatically when you see that and just it, it it's just so crazy yeah um and yeah, I've, I've already had that thought actually when we were sitting there and I was like, how the fuck could anybody go back on this? Like, how could you run away yeah. or not take responsibility or just want to even be a part of what's happening right now? Yeah. And why do you, let's, let's talk about human nature a little bit and we don't have to get about an illegality of abortion. Let's completely avoid like the legality and Roe v. Wade and all that bullshit For or, sure. you know, the legality of child support and stuff like that. Let's, let's really talk about human nature and what, what do you think makes people disregard their own children? Why, why would people do that? Because we both know that there's some, I wouldn't even call, I don't know that I would call them decent on that basis, but we both know guys that maybe don't take care of their kids. Yeah. And it's like, they're they're not half ass. They're not terrible people. You know what I mean. But what? Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe we decide that they are after this conversation. But what makes somebody turn away from their progeny and, and not have anything to do with it? Not you have know, anything to do with it. Sorry. I feel like a lot of that is because they're not fulfilled in all other areas of their life. Yeah. Um, and they're not necessarily a complete. You know, they're not a pillar of a man. Right. They're la- they're lacking in some areas of their life. And that's why they can't fulfill their role as a father. Um, Because, you know, they're not necessarily a complete man or a complete person. Right. Enough to be a legitimate or a good father. Right. And so they just kind of run away from that role, even if it's not intentionally because they can't fulfill it. Yeah, that that makes sense. It's kind of like the you're not your career is not stable or you're not financially stable and yeah. so you run away from that or even emotionally stable yeah emo- well yeah that's that's a big one yeah or you're if not- you're if you're hanging out with a bunch of fucking losers yeah. i mean if your friend group is a bunch of shit guys that have you know four divorces and 12 kids with three different women like yeah it's it, you are who you hang out with i mean that was like at a past job um yeah at a past job they were trying to uh, tell me about like work-life balance, and I know for a fact that like between the two guys that were telling me about a work-life balance, they had like six divorces between the, the two of them. Yeah, and I'm like, what? Why in the fuck would I listen to any of y'all? Yeah, you yeah. know, um, yeah. And if you're surrounded with people like that, if that's the community that you come from, yeah, it's only going to perpetuate. Yeah, um, and, and like I said, you know, just the the the, the killing of, of those. Yeah, I, I, I don't get it, and and I feel like I would be even more. Like I'm already against it pretty hard. It's like yeah. the one line in the sand yeah. that I will never cross, or, or that I don't let you know 
typically if you're on the other side of that line, you yeah. you just don't get to enter my circle just because right. it, it is such a line for me. Right. Um, the, let's just say abortion. Like if, if you believe that, you know, abortion should be legal and all, you know, up to nine months and stuff like that, not illegal, legal. Right. Um, right. If, if you believe that that should be a thing and that it's okay, I typically just don't hang out with you. That's like my one line yeah. in the sand. But I, I just don't understand. And I feel like I'm going to increase that even more once once we get to hear the heartbeat. You know what For I mean? Sure. Um, just because it is going to be so so valuable. And I, and I don't know what makes people disregard that. It's just not having a respect. Yeah. is I think is what it really boils down to is they don't respect. You know, because I mean, you have people that have lived their whole lives; they've done everything right, right? This perfect married couple, and then they try to conceive and they can't. Yeah. And then they have you know these super expensive surgeries, and then it still doesn't work out, and they do all right. these things, and they can't conceive. Um, when you hear stories like that, and you see that, like I said, through my wife being a labor and delivery nurse, and I've seen it, um, and then it's just like when you hear stories like that, like how could you throw away this opportunity that you got? that you might not yeah. even deserve. And then you, I, I just don't know how people could just throw it away. Yeah. And, and, and let me, let me back up. I, I still don't think it's acceptable, but I could see how it's, it's more difficult if you don't have a unit. Yeah. Like it, it, if you don't For have sure. another person with you, yeah. I can understand how it's, it's a lot more treacherous and a lot more, uh, a lot more uh, difficult to accept that responsibility if For you don't sure. have anybody to do it with. But I, I also think that it's like, man, you put a you, lot of times you put yourself you in that put position. yourself in that situation. That's you know, exactly th- what there, I was going to say. There are some circumstances where some guy run out on you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or some some woman yeah. run out on you and let you with a kid. Yeah. But it's like, man, those are the hand, that's the hand you were dealt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Why why did why do we take it out on yeah. on you know the kid? I, I just don't get it. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's the main thing, too, is people are selfish. Um, yeah. They do it for themselves, not for the kid. And, you right. know, another thing, too, is a lot of people try to say it was an accident. Mm-hmm. And we have the Internet. We know how these things work. Yeah. Everybody knows how babies are made. Right. It's not an accident. Actually, no. I had a, a family friend that uh, got a girl pregnant, and we were like, oh, shit, were you trying? He's like, no. They're like, oh, like, were you wearing one? And he was like, no. I'm like, well, are you pulling out? And he was like, no. And I was like, dude, I don't know, but that that's how you try. Yeah, that's. Do you, did you not go to health yeah, class? I was like, you were trying. That's called. Tr-. I was like, did you expect like a plasma TV or? Yeah, that's called trying. Yeah. Uh, um, no, he just wanted that EBT card. Yeah. yeah. Like, why? Why? Yeah, I I don't get it. You know, it's Our like, leader. you know, well, we, you know, <laughs> I I don't. This can get political. I don't. You know. Right. It, this podcast is going to turn political, not the whole thing, but like we're going to have some political, ep, you know, oh, episodes sure. it, eventually. It's but it's like these days for anything not to be political. Well, and that's because politics is downstream of culture. I think Andrew it Breitbart is. said that of, you know, politics is downstream of culture. Yes. And that's what, you know, some of the more reasonable people like you and I, well, mm-hmm. that was a little arrogant, more reasonable <laughs> people than us even. Right. Tend to ignore poli- ignore culture for right. sake, you know, for politics. Right. Of like, oh, we don't need to, we don't even need to touch that issue. Right. And what it does is, is the people that are more passionate because they care about, you know, their culture, quote unquote. Right. They end up electing people, and that's how we end up in the situation that we're in now. For sure, absolutely. Um, because they care more. Right. And and I think it's 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 our responsibility as good men if you're listening to this this podcast and you know you're a good man and you're and you're taking things from it like you know if you're a good man like Sam is here um I know you hate politics I know you just sure. you you hate politics I, I think it's it's a responsibility for men like you to at least discuss it 
Oh, for sure. You know, to at least, A, discuss it. And then kind of like when you and I were talking, I mean, just months ago, you and I both weren't even decided on whether we would have kids or not. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely. remember, you know, I smoked a cigar. You sat outside while I smoked a cigar. We, yeah. we, we discussed it. Yeah. And neither of us were decided of whether we were going to have kids. And, yeah. and I kind of brought up the fact of like, man, if we're not having kids, yeah. who the fuck is? Yeah. You know, if it's not us, who is? And yeah. they're going to have kids anyway because they don't care. Yeah. Who's going to counter their kids? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's got to be us. And it's the same thing with, you know, politics and stuff like that. But anyway, back to the point. Yeah. When you said, you know, like, oh, well, you know, women shouldn't have to, like, you know, go through this. Or it's like you made you made the decision. You you did this you know, to yourself. Like, or, or dudes even, you know, well, I shouldn't have to take care of that kid. Like, yeah. I'm you, actually you made a, the choice. I'm actually a fan of child support. I hate the government as much as anybody. Right. Um, no, I think there should be equal protection of the law of your childhood rights, right. which that doesn't fucking exist. Right. We could talk about, you know, some statistics and stuff, but like the court systems highly favor mothers. Oh, absolutely. It's so ridiculous. Absolutely. And I see it with DLN's job of like, oh, yeah. you know, because she works at the children's yeah. shelter. The court system so highly favors mothers. Yeah. And I think that needs to be fixed greatly. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I am not against child support. It's no. like, dude, you decided to, to put your thing in hers yeah. and, you know, yeah. That moment of euphoria, it created a kid. That's what the fuck it's for. Yeah. You know, that's the reason it exists yeah. is to create a kid. Yeah. Yeah, you're responsible for that. Yeah. And if the government is for nothing, it's to at least make you be responsible for, right. you know, the, the the basics of human nature. Yeah. You know, like I, I do actually agree with, with child right. support. It's one of those things. I feel like kind of everything nowadays, the common sense from everything is gone. Yeah. It makes sense in a basic sense with right. common sense. And then people just find these little fucking gray areas and run with it. Yeah. And everything gets so fucking what's was originally a good idea with good intentions gets so fucking perverted by right. these people finding loopholes and gray areas and everything gets abused. Yeah. It's it's hard to pick a side on anything these days on anything. Well, and I think that's why guys like, you know, like like you, I'm not going to put myself in 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 that category, but right. but guys like you, I think that's why we need to be somewhat Involved at least yeah. at, at a more local level, yeah. and I'm talking about as local as having the conversation, right, right? As as local as you and I are doing right now, yeah. I think that's why we need to be involved, is because those people will continually try to attack everything that we stand for. I mean, right. they will, and because oh, they're sure. more passionate about it, they'll find power again, right. just like what we're we're doing with today. Yeah, I think that's why we need to be involved, you know. And it's yeah, and and I think we we suffer from an accountability issue. Yeah, you know, you and I are big on accountability, yeah. and it's like. You know, just we're already on. We're already deep in this hole. They call it pro-choice, and it's like, well, you had like five choices. Yeah, you know what I mean. You had like abstinence, motherhood, adoption. You know what I mean. There's three yeah. right there. Contraceptives. There's, yeah, contra, yeah. There's another one. Yeah, abstinence. There's three more there. Motherhood, I mean. adoption, contraceptives. Like that. Yeah. You know where th- you had choices. Yeah. You know what I mean. You let it get to this one. Yeah. You know, it, it's just, it's a lack of accountability. And no, before anybody brings up like the the rape and incest, that's one percent. Okay, is, there there's studies. Is. Go look it up. It's one percent of of abortion cases. Or I do want to say it's another thing that they really used to pivot on um, lately was the medical uses. Yeah, that's a completely different procedure. It's I mean it's the same thing, but they call it something completely different. Right. So saying that people weren't going to have access to medical care because of that bill was not true at all. Yeah, that's it, a it, that's a completely different procedure. Yeah, it's so stupid. And you know, but they they used people's ignorance and they used that as yep. a fucking push off point to sway a lot of people that were in the middle. Right. 
and it was just pure manipulation is all it was yeah and we're we're in we're in this topic now it can be done with a million topics i mean guns you yeah. know what i mean like yeah using people's ignorance and lack of accountability is yep. is like in the top line of the job description for a fucking politician oh, for sure. i mean it's it's in the top line but yeah. i was gonna say you know dylan she's not very into politics she right. doesn't follow it very hard right she is on like tiktok and i remember when roe v wade got struck down and she brought me like this thing and she was like does this mean that the federal government's going to outlaw like uh what is it the m word um where you you lose a kid um god what am i thinking I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, it's where the kid dies before the baby dies before um, you actually give it birth. Mm-hmm. Uh, stillborn, stillborn is the only word that comes to mind. Why, 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 why can I not think of this? I don't know. Um, anyway, it's like you know where the. Why can I not think of the word? There's a word for it, but I, and there's even an acronym for it, and I can't think of it right now. McKinley would kill me, but yeah, it's, they call him. Um, why can we not think of it? I'll cut it, but like what? what Nothing. It's a miscarriage. Miscarriage. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I may leave that whole thing in there because wow. we went blank for a while. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So, um, you know, Dylan's not very in, in into politics. Right. And so, um, she's not very into politics, but she she doesn't listen and watch a lot. But she does. She is on TikTok. And so, and see, that's, on, I'm just going to interrupt you for a second. And that's how they get a lot of people because most of us, especially in our generation, we're not into politics Yeah. because a lot of people have a nihilistic view on it and we think it's right. pointless. And you know, these, these old boomers are the ones in control and there's no way we can do anything about it. Mm-hmm. But how they get to those people like that is through these fucking algorithms on social media and they feed you all this bullshit and that's, and they use yep. that to sway people to get what they want. Yeah. But, uh, no, that's a good point. But anyway, she came to me and she was like, when Roe v. Wade got struck down, she was like, uh, you know, she brought me this TikTok and it was like, now they're going to outlaw miscarriages in certain <laughs> states. I was like, what a fucking, like, are what? you shitting me? Like, are you shitting me? There is not a state in the, in the union that would outlaw miscarriages. Well, I mean, there's no way to, that's, that's not even, I mean, that'd be like outlawing peanut allergies. I mean, you can't, yeah, it, you it, can't do it. it. It's just so ignorant. Yeah. And there's people that believe they it. They believe it. Yeah. There's people that believe it. Yeah. And it's like, if you really want to talk about what Roe v. Wade was, it, it was, it was, it was the decision. It took the, the decision out of the state's hands. And when you have something as controversial oh, yeah. as abortion, yeah. that it needs to be in the state's hands because that's how a republic works. Yeah. We don't want a central power that, that mandates everything. Yeah. But it, I, I don't want to jump into, this is not a political podcast. Right. But it, it comes down to the lack of, the lack of people Number one, being accountable enough to their own actions. Number two, being accountable enough to know what's going on in the world. Yeah, you know what I mean. You, yeah. we, we both know those people that are like, oh, I'm not, I'm not political. I don't really care. Yeah. And there was one of them that uh, I don't. Maybe it was like Plato or Socrates or I don't know. One of the people that got paid to think. Right. Um, they said that you know a, a person who does isn't invested in their ruler is bound to be ruled by fools. Yeah. Like, I, I don't remember a person who cares not about, you know, who like rules so- them. That sounds like Socrates. Yeah, so, something like that. Yeah. I, I don't know, but yeah. uh, I don't know who it is. I heard it from uh, Dan from Drinking Bros. So, go listen, go find, go listen to all of his podcasts and listen to who it was from. But anyway, <laughs> it, it was it was like, uh, you know, a person who doesn't involve themselves in their politics is bound to be ruled by fools. Yeah. And it's like, if you, if you continually just stay away and, and be apathetic about 
you know, who is who is running your life and making the rules in the country that you live in and and especially your own actions. If you if you continue to not be accountable for your own actions, yep. your, your life's going to be run by a fool and that fool is going to be fucking you. Yeah. You know, you're going to be the fool Absolutely. and you're also going to be run by a fool. Your mayor is going to be a fool. Your president's going to be a fool yeah. if, if he's if he's alive, which we, you know, we can't say that for ours. <laughs> um, but if, if you don't involve yourself in in the things that, that affect your life, you, you will be run by fools. Absolutely. Um, and that comes into accountability. We, we have strayed very far from we you have. listening to a baby's heartbeat. We but have. I think it's all good content. Oh, for sure. Um, and, and again, you know, to rate, relate that back to like a man's purpose. Um, this is almost a uh, God, this will get me <laughs> chopped from Spotify. This is this is like a metaphorical call to arms for like men of like, hey, men take responsibility, take responsibility and be present in the world that you're in today. Don't just don't just talk about it on Facebook and go to Facebook jail because you said something that they don't like. Right. No, cut that shit out. You know yeah. what I mean? Go be involved. Go talk yeah. with people. Go go do things. Be involved in your in your school board. If you give a, a damn about what your kids are learning and, and if you wanted your kids in public school, yeah. go be involved in your school board. You know, you and I you and I and I think we had this conversation about like I think so. what size what size school yeah you know yeah. people are involved in. And I think one of the big things about like why I want such a smaller school is because the amount of influence I can have over That's true. over my kids' life of That's when true. they go through that school. You yeah. ask how much it costs to win a school board election oh, yeah. in, in Randall fucking yeah. county. Which is ridiculous. It's like two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. And not that much. It's like twenty grand. Yeah. Um, it shouldn't cost anything. Well, I mean, to win, but you got to do the marketing and all that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I agree with you, but that's kind of the way it works. But it's it's like it's the man, way it works. It's not the way it should be. Yeah. Go go be involved yeah. in 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 what's going on around you. You yeah. know what I mean? Make do the things you do with purpose, mm-hmm. and and make sure that you're trying to make the world about around you a better place. Yeah. Don't be apathetic. Don't be nihilistic. Right. Um, I, I think that's the culmination of what we just talked about. Of course, we dove into abortion, and it's something that I'll never not talk about. You know right. what I mean? Right. If the topic comes up, I'll, well, I'll talk about it. That's one of those things. I feel like a lot of people don't talk about it. Yeah. And, or they'll say very little. They'll right. say which side they're on, and then that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. Nobody will talk about the details of it, or nobody will get into it. And that goes back to that's almost a societal problem because everybody is so coddled, and we're too afraid to offend anybody. Yeah. That by not offending anybody, we just let so much shit go. Yeah. So much shit slides that shouldn't, and people get away with things that they shouldn't because we're too worried about hurting somebody's feelings. I completely agree with you, and I think it's it's on two ends of the spectrum. It's either we're so afraid to hurt somebody's feelings that we don't have any conversation about it, yep. or there's people that are just so out to offend one another yeah. that they can't have any conversation yeah. about it because they yeah. just it's like a big fuck you, and yeah. they, they can't have any conversation about oh, it. Oh yeah, no, that's nuance know, is lost. Yeah, nuance is gone. Yeah, and you know that goes back to a lot of. Uh, I know we originally stated like a lot of my purpose being with like trying to get people outside and right. understanding that type of nature, but another part of that human nature is forming your own opinion right um a majority of people do not have their own opinion anymore they saw a tiktok or they read a status somewhere they saw a news headline and they just roll with that that's what's right that's what people are saying is right and they don't want to argue with it because they don't want to be wrong yeah they don't want to be on the outside 
they're afraid to be the outcast or be wrong or not politically correct. I, I think that is human nature. And I think by exposing that to people and making them get uncomfortable with that. It is. Kind of like what we talked about this whole podcast. You you want to bring people to their human nature and let them know, like, let them know that they're being sheep. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that's overused, you know, sheeple it or whatever. Is, it is, like, absolutely. It, it's overused, but it's true. It is. You know what I mean? People are herd animals and they don't want to speak are. up all the time. And that's, and, a, that's a survival instinct. Do you yeah. want to fit in? Yep. Your brain tells you to fit in because that makes it easier to survive. Because back right. in the day when we were a step above animals yeah, and we were living in fucking mud huts and caves, like you wanted to fit in because those people had food and they had yeah. shelter and you needed that shit. And that's yeah. carried on. You know, they talk about it in the comfort crisis. They scaled down the universe into a year and humanity showed up at like, what, 12, like 1159 on midnight of New Year's Eve. Yeah, I mean, like in the scale of a year, we were there for like the last minute is when humanity appeared like 500,000 years ago. Right. And then you scale that down even further to when we have all these modern conveniences and everything. And it's milliseconds out of a year since we've had electricity and we've had all these comforts and stuff. And so that's why we find it so hard to cope with all of this shit. Yeah. It's because we're not used to it. So wanting to be part of that big group and everything, that's a survival instinct from 200,000 years ago. Yeah. I mean, so that's why it's so hard to not be part of the group, but that's also why it's necessary. I mean, yeah. you have to be able to form your own opinions or you're just going to be fucking led by somebody else with the wrong intentions. Yeah, I I, I think that's absolutely key. And again, as a man, I, I think that's, you know, yeah, women do this too. Absolutely. If you're a woman listening to this, do this too. But as a man, I think it's it's particularly key to be able to forge your own path and make your own opinions and be be involved in what you're doing. You know, I had I had a buddy that God, it, it was just so awful because anytime we would bring up anything, he was just, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't care. He wasn't, I don't know if he was nihilistic and I'm not trying to like, it's not you, oh, no, but no, sure. it was just another guy Probably of like me. politics. You know what I mean? Of like, I don't really care. And he ended up, you know, he voted for Biden or whatever. And then when we tried to like come back and tell him like, dude, what the fuck were you doing? And he's like, well, it doesn't matter anyway. You know, uh, I was in Texas and it was going to go red anyway. And I just, I didn't like either of them. And I just voted somebody like yeah. it's, it's, it's pathetic in a sense of like, dude, make your own opinion. And stick you know, by it. Yeah. And, and stick even, by it. You don't have to. Okay. I want to go back on that. I don't want to say make an opinion and stick with it, but make your own opinion by learning. Yep. Look at things, read information from both sides because any more information is not just information. Everything mm-hmm. is biased these days. You have to be able to read things and read between the lines yeah. and glean the truth from everything and then form your own opinion. Don't let somebody else just tell you what to fucking think. I mean, so you have to like forge your own opinion and then be able to stand by it, but you don't have to die by it. Yeah. If somebody else brings you a new perspective or gives you new information, you're allowed to change your idea. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, you know, uh, on the topic of, like, finding good information and, and figuring out how to form your own opinion, uh, you know, Jonah and I have, we have controversy on that of, like, <laughs> he thinks, you know, I listen to a lot of Ben Shapiro. And he yeah. thinks Ben Shapiro is just way off. You know what I mean? Off I, to the right. I, I really like Ben Shapiro. He says a lot of good things, but he does... He's a little biased. He he is a little biased, yeah. but it's not just, horrible. But it's just enough where I have to take it with a grain of salt. Well, and just a tip to to other people. I don't care who it is. It could be Ben Shapiro, it could be Rachel Maddow, or, or fucking Chris Como, Brian Stelter. I don't care. It, you know, it's a pretty good opinion, or at least a tr- 
let me put it this way. You know it's a uh, you're getting all the information if they read the other sides. Absolutely. The other side. If they show you what the other side actually thinks and they give you the actual information yeah. from the other side. That's what yeah. I like about Ben Shapiro. Yeah, he is, will. Uh, you won't go on. You don't watch CNN, and they're not going to read a Ben Shapiro article, Absolutely or they're not. they're not going to play any more than five seconds. Yeah. Of of Ben Shapiro, they're going to find it's one heavily clip. Heavily edited. Yeah, they're going to find one clip yeah. of him saying like I hate Jews, and yeah. he's like the most famous Jew in the world, and they're going to yeah. play that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've I've listened to Ben Shapiro read whole articles from the other side of the aisle. You know what I mean? And and that's where I consider good information. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So when you are trying to form your own opinions, make sure that you're getting this from someone who's really trying to shoot it straight. And and, and, you know, Ben Shapiro, yeah, he puts his twist on it. You know what I mean? He puts his his slant on it a little bit, but he at least presents you with the information from the other side. He, He allows you, if all you watch is Ben Shapiro, he allows you to make the, to make to make your own conclusion about whether he's right or wrong. For sure. CNN doesn't even allow you to do that. They just right. tell you. Right. Um, I think that's that's pretty important. And it's, it's your duty as a man to, when you go to formulate these opinions on on certain key topics about, you know, how you're going to run your household or what you're going to believe in right. in your household. Right. It's, it's your duty to, to be informed and to make an informed decision. Right. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. I mean, because it kind of comes down to, the world's not black and white. No, it's shades of gray. It is, it is very much fucking shades of gray. Some things are closer to white. Some things are closer to black. Some are straight up the middle. But yep. you have to, you have to decide. Yeah. I mean, everybody sees everything differently. Everyone has different experiences. Yep. And you just have to fucking make your own decisions. That is the, I mean, that's kind of what we're, the main thing here. Yeah. That's kind of like uh, Jonah and I, we, we had originally planned on starting this podcast and you know, he's black, I'm white. We were going to shoot it in black and white and we were going to call the podcast shades of gray because he and I are on, on different sides of things all the time. But okay. I'm going to stop on that real quick. The point of that too, is you two are opposites on a lot of things and you're still really good friends, but you can get past that and kind of, and you can grow from it and you don't, um, Jesus. I mean, you don't attack each other. Yeah. You each have your own different opinions and you can respect each other for yeah. it. It's and not it's not just an all out assault on each other. So sometimes it can get that way when we're having fun. You right. know what I mean? And like and yeah. see that's you're having it's fun. It's in the spirit of having fun. Yeah. There's still a respect there. Right. And that's the thing nowadays is people don't respect each other. Yeah. They don't respect each other's opinions. They don't respect they, themselves. They don't especially they don't and that's where I was gonna go with that. They don't respect yeah. each other's opinions, they don't expect respect, you know, what these other people have been through. And then a lot of that hostility comes from they don't respect themselves. Yeah. And that's just kind of one of those things of being a man and just being a whole person and being a pillar of a man is like you have to respect yourself. Yeah. Control that self-talk. It was one of those things I talked with about Jonah is like you're never going to be right if you don't think you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you don't respect yourself enough to to be confident in what you're saying, you're never going to be right. You're never going to. That comes out a lot in people that I've come across. You know, people, you'll say a topic, they'll spew out whatever fucking headline they read and then you ask them a single question and they don't know. Yeah. They're like, well, I don't know. And then they don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Because they don't know. I don't like to get political. Yeah. I get that all the time yeah. from people that like don't know. Yeah. It's like, I don't like to get political. Because they're just spewing out this headline because it's popular and that's the right, that's the right word to say. You know, if this was a video game you hit that line of dialogue, that's the right yeah. response. Yeah. But they don't know. What they don't even know what they're saying. No, they don't. No. Yeah, I I, I fight that a lot with with certain issues yeah. like the gun issues and stuff yeah. like that. They, yeah, it, it it's been pretty bad. And I'm not saying I'm right 24 <laughs> seven. Absolutely not. I, Nobody is. I know when I come up to somebody who's not informed. 
You know oh, what I mean? It, it's I, very obvious. It, it, it is pretty obvious. And they, they, that's that's another Havamal quote, you know. Um, it goes something like, it's better to uh, keep your mouth shut and let people think you're a fool than to open it and prove them right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I've, so I've heard that you, one a lot. If you don't know what you're talking about, then just don't say anything. Or... Or be I'm open. I'm going to counter you. Right. Ask questions. Oh, for sure. You know and, what I mean? And be open to learn. Yeah. Don't just say, well, I don't know a lot, but I think you're wrong, and that's the end of it. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I don't agree with you, and you're wrong, so. Yeah. And just end it there. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you, and it's it's so funny, and I love doing it on both sides of the aisle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I love uh, telling people, like, that Ronald Reagan is the reason they can't have machine guns. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, re- but, like hardcore Republicans. Yeah, they love I Reagan. Love, they love Reagan. Yeah. And I, I like Reagan. I mean... He was he was an all right president, you know what I mean. But he is like he was a big part in like the weapons ban, uh, you know what I mean, like the NFA yeah. of the reason that you can't own machine guns. And yeah. then you'll instantly see a Republican switch. They'll be like, "Well, why do I need to own a machine gun anyway?" Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah. "Come on, dog, yeah. come on, dog. You yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. You know what I mean. You weren't informed on that. Yeah. And, and I just attacked just, one of your heroes. And people just jump on a bunch of bandwagons. And a big bandwagon is that Reagan was one of the greatest American presidents ever. And nobody knows shit about him. Yeah. Anybody that says that. Ask him what years he served. Yeah. They don't fucking know. I don't, even I, know. I don't know either. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think he was the greatest president ever. Yeah. I you know, I, I think you have a good point. And and again to wrap this back to the the intention of the podcast is just be informed. If you're gonna hold an opinion, be informed yeah. and ask questions ten times more than what you what you give answers. Yeah, for that's, sure. That's that's something that I've really tried to, to to do in my life is ask questions more than I give answers and and, and be informed and have respect for the person that you're talking to and, and enough to, to kind of humble humble yourself and and make sure that you're not just jumping into an argument and for no reason. For the sake of arguing. Yeah, for, for just for the sake of arguing. I love doing it at work. <laughs> you know, I love doing it at work because they'll call me a Democrat and I'm like, yeah. And they, they know nothing about me. Right. And so they're like, what are you, a Democrat? And I'm like, yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. And then they don't want to talk about it. I'll bring up something like it was a... Uh, it was something the other day. I get hell for it all the time. We were headed to lunch, and they were talking about like all the LGBTQIA plus two oh, S, all that bullshit. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm a big believer that you need to know the other opponent's side and their positions in order to counter them. Oh, for sure. Like I know every I know every pro choice topic oh, by yeah. heart. I know every LGBTQ yeah. mantra by heart yeah. because I I want to counter that. And well, so and also because you formed your own opinion. You yeah, did your research yeah. and you formed your own opinion. So you know yeah. about both sides. Yeah. Well, I laid I laid it on these dudes and I knew it was going to be really funny. I yeah. was like gave them the whole mentality around the like gender spectrum and all that bullshit and it like i laid it on them and dude still to this day those two guys are coming like you know hoss is a damn democrat he knows everything he's a closet democrat and it it was just i'm a troll too you know what i mean but like you know those guys could have actually taken the opportunity to understand they could learn something understand what they really hated you know what i mean like understand what they really hated and they they would have they would have been a better force against that you know yeah. Um, so no, I, I think we've 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 hit some some really good points. I do have. Uh, I want to talk about what are what are three values that you can really attach to yourself. What what if if I said, hey Sam, pick three personal core values that you can attach to yourself. What are they? Oh man, I think one of the biggest. And I don't even know if this counts as a core value, but hard work. Yeah. Um, 
I don't think you're going to run across anybody that's met me that says that I don't fucking work hard. Yeah, I don't. I don't I, yeah, I wouldn't say that. Um, you know, between, you know, with the nursery growing up, I was eight, 10 years old digging holes. Yeah. Um, and I related it to farming. It's the same thing. I mean, it's like I said, it's the worst combination of farming and retail. Yeah. Because um, all of your stock is alive. So you got a snowstorm coming, you got to put that shit up. You got to get it protected. Yeah. Um, if there's a hailstorm and it breaks a lot of shit, it kills your crop. Yeah. Um, I've been out, you know, I've dug holes when the ground is frozen. Yeah. I've spent literally an entire eight hour day digging one hole. Right. Pickaxe because the ground was frozen. Yeah. Um, and then you swap over. Um, I went to Regency doing roll changes, mm-hmm. manual labor, you know, hauling these 8,000 pound uh, feed rolls up with fucking chain hoist by hand, pulling them uphill on a cart with the, only the best equipment. Oh, absolutely. Only the um, best equipment that a, that a $3,000 limit credit card could buy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I mean, and with that job, not even if the job was hard, but we would work 24. I even pulled a couple of 36 hours straight. Yeah. That's not breaks. That's not lunches. Oh, it's time for my 15 minute union. That's we're in a feedlot in Nebraska for 36 hours doing yeah. manual labor on this fucking machine. Um, and I can attest to that. I wasn't there for it, but I knew that y'all yeah. were. Oh yeah, for sure. And I mean like, I don't know how many people have ever fallen asleep standing up with a wrench in their hand before, yeah. but I can tell you it's not very fucking many. Yeah. Uh, Cause there's a lot of people who would have just walked off of that fucking job. Right. Um, and I mean, I did eventually, but that's a whole nother. Um, yeah. So like I did that, you know, now I work on, I work on trains I'm one of the hardest working motherfuckers in that shop. Yeah. Um, and I've had guys tell me like, Hey man, slow down. You're making us look bad. And I'm like, no, you're making you look bad. Yeah. I'm here to work. Like that's why I'm here. And in that, you know, I've been there less than a year and I've done, I do things and I know things that guys that have been there seven, eight years don't know how to do Yeah. because I get there and I bust my ass and I ask questions and I'm like, Hey, how do you do this? How does this work? Right. And I have more responsibility in things than guys that have been there eight years. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're already, you know, they're trying to get me these like supervisor roles and these qualifications and to get me in QA positions and stuff. And there's people there that are pissed about it. But I'm like, yeah, but look at what, like you come here and you spend four hours in the bathroom a day hiding. Yeah. Because you don't want to work. Yeah. And like, um, you know, I've done that. I've always done that. I've always worked hard when I'm there. I work. Right. I ask questions. I do shit. I want to know how to do everything. Yes, sir. Because that adds value. Yes, sir. And the more value you have to a company, I mean, just straight up, the more valuable are. Yes, sir. The more opportunities, the more money. And I mean, that works. Like right now, I'm trying to get on at Pantex. Yeah. So you look at me at a face value, a guy that did high school halftime. I got out at noon to go to work. Right. Um, I dropped out of engineering school to go to trade school to weld. Yeah. Um, worked shit to your jobs and now I'm about to get on at Pantex to build bombs. Yeah. Um, and that's all straight out of fucking hard work. And so even if you work a dead end job, if you work at fucking McDonald's, yeah, you can learn processes and mentalities that you can carry over to other places. Absolutely. So even if it doesn't gain you value there, it'll mm-hmm. gain you value down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just one of those that you just have to realize that like putting in the work is going to pay off eventually. Yeah. So, so number one core value is hard work. Absolutely. What's number two? I feel like kind of together, it might be two separate ones. I'll let you decide that, but like honesty and integrity. Yeah. Um, I feel like that goes hand in hand with hard work. Yeah. I, yeah. I think honesty and integrity, I think they, they are two different, 
two different values, personal yeah. values. Right. Um, I think integrity is is kind of like what you said. Do do what you said you're going to do. Absolutely. And hating hypocrites. Yeah. I think that's 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 more integrity. Yeah. Um, honesty is is just simple honesty, telling yeah. the truth. Yeah. Now to be to have integrity, you must have honesty. That's the problem with the it, core value thing. It is really is. You must have all of them to have they any all, of them. But um. I think honesty fits you really, really well. For sure. As in, you're going to tell the truth no matter what. Yeah. You know, I like to, um, I'm going to kind of scale that back from honesty to just kind of honor in general. Um, And what really spoke to me, I'm going to try and shorten it down quite a bit. Um, But in the Norse mythologies, um, basically Odin found out about Ragnarok. Yeah. um, And that it was Loki's three children that we're going to cause the end of the world. Yeah. And so with any self-fulfilling prophecy, they're like, oh shit, we got to find these kids. And, you know, it's just one of those things. Yeah. And uh, they found, you know, they brought him in. One's a serpent. He was like, what the, they threw it in the ocean just to get rid of it. Okay. And that became the Midgard serpent that circled the whole earth. Yeah. Um, the other one was a half alive, half dead chick. And uh, she was so hideous, they like threw her down into the underworld with the dead, and she became the ruler of the dead. Okay. The other one was a little bitty wolf puppy. Yeah. This little black cub. And they're like, we can't, it's just a, you know, there's like, it's just a little wolf cub. We're not going to kill this puppy, you know? And uh, so they gave it to Tyr, God of War. He loved that puppy. He raised it as his son. Um, and it was prophesied that Fenrir would devour the earth the sun the heavens everything right and like it's it's a little cub you know yeah and he raised this um you know he took it under his wing he raised this cub and it started to get huge and then eventually they're like we have to bind this wolf before it devours the world yeah um and at this point he had been raising it as his own son i mean this it was it was a puppy it was a good dog you know yeah um it didn't know anything so they started making these giant chains to try and chain it down and it just kept breaking him. He was too strong. He was too big. He kept breaking these chains. And uh, they were bringing it to him as a test of strength. They're like, oh, you're so strong. See if you can break this one. Hoping that he wouldn't be able to and they'd finally tie him down. Yeah. And he just kept breaking all these chains. And so finally they got this little magic chain and it's like a string. Yeah. And like, here, put this one on. And he's he could tell. He's like, no, nah, there's, there's something fishy here. He's like, I'm not putting that on. And uh, he was like, I'll put it on if somebody will put their hand in my mouth. Yeah. And so Tear the one that raised him, you know, the one that loved him is the one that stepped forward and put his arm in his mouth. And, uh, it worked, you know, the magic chain held him. And so Fenrir bit off his arm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the gods all cheered. They were all happy. You know, he was finally bound. This great threat to the world was contained. Right. And, uh, tear didn't rejoice with him. Why not? That was, that was his son. He loved him. And now he was constrained. And, you know, they all went back to their homes. They were cheering, you know, in this big group, and he tailed behind them. Yeah. You know, he just had his arm bit off. He tended to his own wounds. Um, He just, you know, he just dealt with it on his own, basically lost a son with his cub, and he just dealt with it. And, you know, when Finner asked somebody to put their arm in, it was quiet because nobody wanted to do it. Yeah. And he stepped forward out of honor because that was his responsibility. Yeah. You know, he loved Finrir. But he knew for the greater good that he had to be contained. Right. So he was the one that made the sacrifice, stepped forward, lost his arm. Yeah. You know, for the greater good, for that honor. And it was just one of those things. It's like how many people in that situation would step forward? Right. And it's just one of those things that I think back to a lot of like who 
like you want to be the one that would step forward. Yeah. Have honor. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And I think you embody that pretty well. Um, yeah. I, I really think you do that. If, if I had to pick a value for you, it would be, it would be honor. I think. Yeah. And I mean, I try, I'd always, I see both sides to a lot of things and I always try to do the right thing. Yeah. Even if it's the harder choice, I try to do the right thing when it comes down to it. And, and I think it's important to embody that in in as many things as humanly possible. Absolutely. I mean, when you're talking about, you know, jobs, relationships, friendships, um, embody that that honor. That's That sounds almost cliche. similar. Not cliche, but the, the story that you told sounds almost parallels to like the Son of Christ. Yeah. Um, it, it sounds kind of similar. I don't yeah. know much about the Bible and I'm sure there may be a better fitting story, but right. Yeah. I, I, well, there, there's a lot of parallels between Norse paganism and, um, the Bible and that just happened cause they happened Yeah, the way all that went down. There's a lot of similarities. Yeah. Um, um you know, actually there's a podcast called Modern martyr made that talks about, uh, he talks about a bunch of different stuff. It's like a historical podcast. Yeah. I need to get you on it. Uh, I think you would, you would actually like it if you listen to some of the stuff. But right. he was talking about like the Arabs and the British, and it was yeah. it was about the creation of uh, the Jewish state of Israel and Palestine and all that stuff. Oh, but yeah. that doesn't really matter. But right. it, it was talking about like the agreements between the British and the Arabs, and yeah, um, he was talking about in the Arab culture how honor was so important. Like it, it, it wasn't, you know, we look at, we look back at like these treaties that they made with the, with the Arabs and, yeah. um, we're like, Oh, how could the Arabs be so silly? Like that's yeah. the way politics works. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But to them, it was absolutely inconceivable that somebody would turn back we'll on their back handshake. On the yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that's, yeah, it was, it was inconceivable. And I actually asked a guy, um, actually, asked one of the guys at work that I've been developing a better friendship with him, you know, a better relationship with him now, but he and I didn't really have a very good friendship, especially when I asked this question, but I asked him, I said, Hey man, I've got a podcast for young men and I know you've got sons. And this was part of me trying to kind of develop a relationship with him for him to feel like I really value what he said. But I said, what, what main, what what is the most important thing do you think about raising sons? And he said, for them to keep their word. Yeah, if, if I could do absolutely. anything, it's that they would that they would keep their word. Absolutely. You know what I mean? When you say that you're going to do something or you say that you're going to be there for somebody, do that. And I feel like you embody that well. Um, yeah. I haven't had many circumstances where you haven't kept your word for something that you oh, said no. that you were going to do. Absolutely. Um, so I, I agree with that. And that goes back. I mean, that's just something in modern society. There is not a lot of honor. Yeah. You look back even 500 years ago, you look at like, say the samurai of Japan. Yeah. They would fucking commit seppuku or whatever. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Yeah. But they would literally, if they had committed dishonor, they would stab themselves through the gut with their sword. Right. To try and regain some of that honor. Yeah. You look at knights back in medieval Europe. Right. You know, their entire thing was about honor and their name and doing what they said. Yeah, and and some of that he he pontificates on that and says that we've let the state um, become a replacement for your word. Yeah, because the state will settle these you know these debates where right. your word used to be everything. Right, and where you know your reputation your reputation used to dictate your quality of life. Absolutely, and now because of the state and because of the conveniences that we have, absolutely, it, it no longer does. And I think that as as men, it's important that we come back to that. Yeah, it's important that we we hold our politicians and our our people around us accountable yeah. to their honor absolutely. and say, hey, look, no, no, motherfucker, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I understand you have a good product, or I understand that you know. 
I may need to borrow a lawnmower. Right. And you're the only guy I can borrow a lawnmower from. Right. Hold to your honor and and and, and stick to your convictions yeah. and teach your children that yeah. a man's word is everything. Yeah. If a man goes back on his word, he's no longer worth entertaining. Absolutely not. Um, I, I think that's key. So what's what's number three? Just keep in mind, the original question is, you know, what three values could you attach to yourself? Right now, you've given me hard work and honor. What's number okay. three? I would want to say one more thing on that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I want to go, go ahead. back. The other thing I feel like the reason there's not a lot of honor anymore is there's a lack of consequences. Yes, sir. Back in the day when it was more of a tribe mentality, yeah. if this guy was a liar or a cheat or he stole, he was kicked out of the tribe. Yeah. He was kicked out of town Yep. and he was left to fend for him fucking self. Yep. You know, you had limited resources, you had limited food, you had limited shelter. You weren't going to give them to people that were dishonest. Absolutely. And that's just not an issue anymore. You can lie, cheat, and steal your way through everything. And there's just, a lot of people do. There's not there's not an actual consequence for anything anymore. Yeah. We don't hold people accountable. A lot of people do that all the way up until they become president of the United States. Exactly. As a matter of fact, <laughs> most of the motherfuckers that have been it. Exactly. Uh, you know, not just yeah. to drop some yeah. heat on y'all. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can lie, cheat, and steal your way into anything. Oh, yeah. You really need to listen to Martyr Made. I, I, I need to, yeah. if nothing else, go listen to Fear and Loathing in the New Jerusalem right. and, and listen to that. I know, yeah. you know, you have a hard time even listening to my podcast but or your Norse mentality stuff, but yeah. just try to chip away at it on oh, your drives sure. to work and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I think you'll really like it because yeah. we're saying the same thing. Yeah. Um, but so what's, what's number three? Number three. Um... What did we say? Integrity? Uh, yeah, integrity. We were talking about maybe adventure. Yeah. Um, um, it, you know, adventure is a big one. A lot of people were so locked into our routines right. and all of our modern things that there's not a sense of adventure anymore. Yes, sir. Uh, we're so limited by, well, first of all, like sticking to our routines, doing what we're supposed to do. Yep. Um. And then, you know, the big thing, a lot of people, you know, it's money issues or it's time issues or we make excuses. Right. But I feel like everybody has a little bit of that sense of adventure and we yeah. just don't entertain it anymore. Yes, sir. I think we view it as like childish. Right. And people just don't want to go explore anymore. Yes, sir. And, you know, you there's a, it's a pretty popular quote, meme, whatever you want to call it on the internet, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like. I was born too late to explore the world, too early to explore the cosmos, born just in time to fuck around and find out or whatever. Yeah. And that's true to an extent, but there's still so much out there. Absolutely. Um, and it's just having that drive to go find it and to find new experiences. And you don't have to go on a 12-mile hike in 100-degree weather through a canyon to go on an adventure. I mean... Yeah. It, but it can be one. It could be. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, a, a two mile hike through a river bottom can be. Oh, for sure. That that, that was that was kind of that was that was kind of wicked it when is. we went through that. For everybody that doesn't know, we we recently we went uh, at Plum Creek over at Lake Meredith and uh, got into this river bottom that was just covered in weeds. And <laughs> we were both scared about ticks, and we're like down there looking for fucking deer tracks. Like <laughs> the deer don't even want to be in there, let alone <laughs> like us. But yeah, I think again. I don't think you could have picked a better three set of values. I mean, you know, hard work, uh, honesty, and adventure. Right. Um, or hard work, honor, and adventure. We, yeah. we, we revised honesty to honor. Yeah. Um, man, you embody that. And I think it's so important for us to be adventurous as men. You know, a lot of people look back at, you know, the men of our past, and they did a lot of things wrong. Oh, for sure. Like, we're going to, let's admit that they did a lot of things wrong. But you're, you're, but people comment that when they say they did along with a modern filter on it. Adventure is a very broad term. Yeah, it is. Um, 
and I've got kind of a fucking theme here, but I'm going to say like with the Vikings. Yeah. When they wanted to settle a new land and they landed after crossing the fucking sea to get there. Right. They'd, they'd burn the ships. Yeah. If they were determined they were going to settle there, they'd burn the ships. There's no going yeah. back. Burn boats. Yeah. You, you can't build new ones with what you've got there. Yep. They had to make it work or they were going to die. Yep. And that's kind of the same. You have to have that kind of same mentality, whatever your adventure is. Yeah. You know, you have to give it your all or it's not going to fucking work. And I mean, it didn't even have to be the extreme. You know, it doesn't have to be Leif Erikson. Look at the uh, Manifest Destiny. Yeah. Back in, what was it, 1700s, 1800s? Yeah. <clears throat> when these people were all living, you know, barely raking out a living on the East Coast. And the government's like, hey, here's 800 acres in fucking Montana. If you can make yeah. it there, you can have it. Yeah. And just crossing this fucking... It's so wild to think about. To think about. Just the unfathomability. Yeah. And of, first of all, just being given that much land for free with nothing yeah. is insane. But then to cross thousands of miles on horseback through... I mean, just unforgiving, undeveloped frontier. In the name of adventure. Just to, for the opportunity. Yeah. I mean, that was really it. I mean, for the opportunity. And that's the thing. That's why you adventure is for opportunity. Yes, sir. Yeah. I agree with you. And I think we've touched on a lot of good stuff. It's been, uh, it's been cool having you on, man. You know, I was a little hesitant because, uh, you Same. don't, you don't talk a lot. I don't. Um, but I think we've got some really good content here and we've shared some twisted tea whiskey. Um, <laughs> it's, it's been a good time and I, I really appreciate you coming on. For sure. And I think you had a lot to offer and I think it's something we're definitely going to do again. Hopefully so. Um, I, I would, I would absolutely like to have you on again and discuss some more, um, maybe targeted topics some yeah. some uh get it dive into certain topics a little bit more right. but maybe we won't wander as bad yeah maybe we won't wander as bad <laughs> well maybe we could do without the whiskey and and maybe that'll that'll help solve some of that maybe maybe <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> all right sam well i really appreciate uh having you on sure. i appreciate everybody for listening to sam pearson uh sam has been a good friend of mine for a really long time and uh we we've just now recently become much better friends and and i was glad to have him on and, and help share some of his insights and his wisdom with y'all. Um, if you could please uh, ask questions, uh, send me in some questions. Nick Shelton's going to help me try to figure out how to get some anonymous questions. Maybe y'all don't want to let me know what's happening in your personal lives, but um, don't even ask me the question. Ask my guests. Ask my guests. You know, for people like Sam, uh, for people like some of the other guys that we're going to have on in the future. Ask them, like, hey, what do you think I, I need to be doing about this in my life or this in my life? Um, ask them the hard questions and let them answer them and. And I appreciate y'all for 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 listening. Uh, help me out. Help me get some more content. And uh, I, I really appreciate y'all. And we'll see y'all later. Thanks.